Okay. Uh, well, I guess, uh, what can I say? Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Noob Talk Radio. This is going to be, this today's episode is going to be exceptional for a few reasons. Uh, a few reasons? Is it maybe just two reasons? Number one, because it is actually the first numbered traditional news episode of this year. <laughs> and then number two, uh, I am here with a special guest co-host and all-around fantastic guy, Mr. Michael Evans. And Michael Evans, how are you? I'm doing good. Uh, how are you, Josh? <laughs> I'm, I'm well. I'm well. Thank you. I'm Excellent. Well, thank you for having me on your uh, on your podcast. It's my pleasure. To be here. It's the least I can do for all the free room and board you've given me over the past uh, seven days, <laughs> six days, five days. <laughs> um, yeah. So you know, uh, we are back to our regularly scheduled news. First time in a while. Uh, there's a bit of catching up to do. So you know, some of the things we're going to talk about today are a little bit more. Less chronologically relevant. There's got to be a better way to say. I don't know. <laughs> old, for lack of a better word, old. <laughs> and the acoustics in this house are a little funny, but I still think we're going to manage to get a usable episode out of this. So, yeah, I hope you know, so. if anyone notices anything, any we we sound a little, you know, they're like, "Where's the deep bass and tenor in Josh's voice that I usually hear?" Then you you know where it's you know what's happening. <laughs> so yeah, this is uh, Mike. I'm going to be honest with you. This feels really weird. Yeah. Not doing a podcast with Teague. Which I didn't think would. I mean, I'm really used to podcasting in general, but yeah. this is the first time I've had a different <laughs> co-host in like over two years. Yeah, <laughs> ever like, uh, I guess in your yeah podcasting life. Yeah, no, well, that's true. Yeah, you know, it's weird for me too. This is my first ever podcast. So right. Yeah, we, we can be weird together. <laughs> <laughs> I think that sounds uh, that sounds legit. I don't know. If that's okay. <laughs> it's always okay. All right. <laughs> Uh, I tend Ooh. to edit out loud slurping noises in here, uh, by yeah. the way, so don't don't worry about Awkward that. Awkward pause for us yeah. both to take a pee. <laughs> <laughs> That's what editing's for. Um, in and amidst uh, the chaos and discomfort, what is the first thing we're going to talk about? I guess there's a, there's actually, you know, like I said, because of the fact that we've been, well, the, the news side of NewPak has been away for a while. You know, yeah. we have, so we've got a lot of news things to talk about, but first, there has been a couple news items that I guess I've come across recently that... I sort of don't know what to do with, <laughs> and I don't know if you, if you feel the same way. But when you read these kind of headlines, do you? How do you feel about you know when you see headlines, headlines like this? I mean, I guess to, yeah. to, I don't Which mean to, specific ones are we talking to about? get ahead of ourselves, but yeah, like I see stuff like um, I labeled this as subscription services in the in the right, general discussion. Right, right, right. The subscription stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. which is to say, you know, I see some of these things sometimes, and I don't know what to make of them. Right. You know, I have my own thoughts that are I would say quite strong about uh, subscription services in general. Yeah. Um, not just games, but like you know, uh, television as well. Right. Yeah. Uh, television, films, and so I see stuff like I mean, here's three headlines. Uh, number one, Ubisoft exec says gamers, these are in chronological order. Number one, Ubisoft exec says gamers need to get quote unquote comfortable not owning their games for subscription services to take off. Uh, that's yeah. from January 19th. I'm getting this off IGN and IGN got this from uh, a very lengthy and I'm under the impression quite good, although I'll be honest, I haven't read it. Gamesindustry.biz article entitled the new Ubisoft Plus and <laughs> getting gamers comfortable with not owning their games. Right. Now, before we move on to other headlines, it's come to my attention since the fact that uh, I heard this on another podcast. I won't, you know, pretend this is me doing good journalism. It's not. I wish yeah. it was. Colin Moriarty on Sacred Symbols mentioned that it is perhaps a little bit misleading, uh, the headline, and to just, you know, try not to get too pissed off at, at uh, Ubisoft. There's lots of great reasons in the world to be pissed off at Ubisoft. Yeah. This is maybe not one of them. <laughs> uh, and the only reason why I'm saying that is because, as Colin pointed out, 
the Games Industry Op-Biz article itself is a lengthy interview with um, the gentleman by the name of Philippe Tremblay, which is a, an extremely classic name for extremely Quebec. Quebec name, yeah. <laughs> um, Director of su subscriptions at Ubisoft. The snippet that was used in the IGN article is actually part of a lengthy interview on GamesIndustry.biz, right. right? And the interesting part is just that the specific context in which he gave that response was yeah. he was directly asked, what would it take for a Ubisoft subscription service, or I think subscription services for games in general, yeah. to take off and to become viable? And I think he was also generally talking about right PlayStation's uh, subscription service, Xboxes, just in general, yeah. the whole idea of, of game subscriptions. So in direct response and prompting to an, an interviewer's question of what would it require for this to happen, he gave the response of like, well, gamers would have to get comfortable not owning their games. Yeah. So it just, you know, to make sure that, that, that we don't take it out of, con like, at least be aware that we're, you know, that, yeah. that most of the headlines have taken that out of context, right? Yeah. Sorry, go on. Uh, <laughs> what, I, what I was just going to add was that this guy is the director of subscriptions at Ubisoft, right? That's a very so, valid point. <laughs> I mean, he is going to, like, his job is pushing subscription forward, right? <laughs> Mike, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, uh, that's a good point. Yeah. So, I mean, like, you know, uh, he's, he's, he's always going to say something in favor of that. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I get that, like, like the headline is, is still a little bit misleading because... It's it's kind of framed as if he's just making this grand statement like it's time to get comfortable right now because this yeah. is happening. No, he was he was answering, you know, how are they going to uh, you know get to the point where they can adopt it? But I mean, that's what he's trying to do, right? It is, it yeah. is that kind of still the same. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know? Um. <laughs> it's almost like you know, like the, uh, the 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 head of monetization being like, how do you think that monetization can be successful in your games? Yeah. Well. Gamers would have to get comfortable buying things in game. It's like, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, that's, that's his job. That's who mm -hmm. he is. That's, mm -hmm. And that's, that's fine. I mean, you either... I'm, I'm kind of... I know you're, you're kind of uh, strongly against subscription services in a way. I'm really um, not. I, I just... I don't care about them. Right. I just don't want... Um, you don't want it to become exclusively like that's what you have to do. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, I have zero objections with them existing. I just want there to always be an option to interface with what you purchase differently. Right. Like I just like to interface with purchases. Yeah. Like this past year, for example, right? I've played less video games in my... Excuse me. I've played less different video games in my entire life because I've been... Is that even true? What I'm trying to get at is the fact that I have been playing... Yeah, I guess I have been playing less overall, uh, but I've been buying way less than I used to. Right. Right? And the reason why that works for me is because I'm able to get one or two games and really just, like, like, leap, like, dive, like dive into these two games. Right. Right? And also, you know, um, play some other games that I purchased the, the year previous, the year yeah. prior, uh, that I really like for some reason, like Elden Ring, for example. Yeah. Or, I don't know, go back to Dead Island 2, whatever. You know, it doesn't matter. Right. But I've only bought... I purchased, I think in 2023... I purchased Diablo 4, which is barely in 2023. That was in like December 22nd. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I purchased Dead Island 2. Right. I don't think I, I'd have to actually look at my list, but I don't think I bought anything that's like a full price. I may have bought some like $30, yeah. $20. I mean, you bought, didn't, didn't you buy Armored Core? Oh yeah, you're right. Okay, it's three games. Okay. Yeah. But one of which, but Diablo 4, yeah, I guess the, the reason why that sort of doesn't count is because I didn't buy that at launch and I bought it on at least a 40% off sale. 
on like holiday, right? right. You see what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, three AAA games, two of which I paid full price for. Right. That's it, which in my gaming history is like extremely uh, unusual. Yeah. Um, of course, I've been spending all my money on Star Wars, Star Wars role-playing game, but that's, the, that's besides <laughs> the point. Nobody needs to know about that. <laughs> they already do, though. I talk about it all the time. <laughs> Too late, the world knows. <laughs> <laughs> I've just been spending that instead on $250 extremely hard-to-find copies of core, core rule books. Um, but... All that to say that if subscription services was the only way to interface with that stuff, then I wouldn't be able yeah. to do that, right? right? I would have had to basically have that subscription service every month. Right. And of course, with today's prices, maybe that would have amounted to the same thing. But I'm presuming in a subscription-only world, that would have cost me more. Yeah. You know, because of the specific way, because I like to interface with usually one game at a time. No, yeah, you're right. And I often go into the, my back catalog of things yeah. I've already purchased, right? That I consider like that money has been spent and like allocated a long time ago. You know, like yeah. like Elden Ring. It's like I'm gonna play El- Elden Ring the same way as every single other from software game. I'm gonna play them probably <laughs> twenty to thirty times because <laughs> that's what yeah. I fucking do. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> but, um. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm kind of... That was a big tangent. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of with you on me. this because it's like, well, first of all, the, I, I, should, I should preface this by saying I do have the PlayStation Plus Extra subscription, mm-hmm. right? So I am, yeah. I am a subscription guy, so to speak. Yeah. Um, <laughs> How comfortable are you with swearing on a podcast? <laughs> I was about to use a very elegant metaphor to describe you, but I'll... <laughs> I will very likely not swear at all during this podcast. <laughs> I was like... I'm not a sweary guy. When I, no, no, no. It's not that... It's not, I don't care that you don't. It's more like, do I? You know? Because yeah. like, it's like... I, oh, you know, I don't mind if you This is weird that. for me. I was about to call you a subscription whore, and I'm yeah. like, that's hilarious. But then part of my mind is like, no, 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 no. no. Mike is clean. <laughs> Language. Come on. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, yeah. Um, like you were saying. Yeah, so you have one. Yeah. So I have the subscription. And um, the it's been great in that I've gotten games that you know I, I didn't have to pay for, mm-hmm. and um, but the problem, the big problem for me is that since I don't play a ton, like I, I'll play an hour a night every couple nights or something. I'm not like I don't have time to be playing all the time, right? Yeah. And uh, so there's always the cost-benefit analysis going on in my head of like, am I playing enough to make this amount worth it? You know, is it... For, for people who don't know, friend of the show Michael Evans, as he's known on Noob Talk Radio, has three kids. Yes. <laughs> and a wife. And yeah. a cat. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, and uh, he doesn't have uh, as much free time as Sal. Yeah. yeah. And I work way too much. Yeah, um, that's true. Yeah. I'm glad you... I feel that that's very mature of you to be able to say that. Interesting. Yeah. I, I, I'm aware, but, you know, I also like money. Um, <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> But yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's just sort of like, I'll get a game, like, like Elden Ring, for example. Yeah. Um, obviously, that's not on the subscription service at this point. But, right. Um, that further complicates the problem, right? Yeah. yeah. So I got that game, and then, you know, I played it maybe 170, 180 hours. Quite a bit. But that took me like eight months. Yeah. <laughs> right? To play yeah. that much. Yeah. And uh, so if, I'm, if I have a subscription service and I'm getting one game and I'm playing that for eight months before I start the next game, mm-hmm. it is not worth it at all, right? Well, how much is the... Uh, <laughs> I, I so rarely do the math. What is the, the... The service is quite expensive now, right? There was a big price hike with the when they yeah. moved into the new... But I guess what you have to look at uh, for that is what's the price of the base thing to get you online play, 
which I would get anyways. Because oh, that's true. Yeah, that's a good I point. like to play with you know you yeah. or whoever. But so, what's the difference between that and the next tier where you actually get subscription to games? Right. Um, Do you know how much you currently pay? It's just a guess, even like it doesn't matter if it's precise. Man, it's I should know because it happened like very recently yeah. that they re-upped it. And I, it includes uh, the basic PS Plus, right? It's not like PS Plus basic and then a separate thing. It's just no, you pay the whole thing together. It's Yeah, the whole thing together. Yeah. I could probably look it up right now. Sure. I mean, I want to say basic PS Plus is maybe about 10. I, I, I think it's like 100 now. Or it used to be like 80 or 90 or something, you know, and it went up like 10, 20 bucks. Uh, it's, 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 right. it's actually not bad at all. It's 162 bucks. The whole thing? Yeah. So 160 divided by 165 so, divided by 12. Really? So it's less than half again the price of yeah the, PS the basic Plus. service Jeez. is like ninety nine right so man so ultimately like that's really affordable yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's yeah. funny because you know I think that I feel really guilty now because I think that previously on the show um, we've discussed this and I came down really hard on the new price of the current right extra whatever the heck it's called you have yeah. the like most high one or the no i've got the middle tier the middle tier yeah because my brother is a huge fan of it he was a massive ps now guy before right right uh and he was always paying for ps now it was like his favorite you know he, yeah. he, he loved um yeah he's he's the biggest adopter i've ever seen of subscription services for games like right. he, he far prefers it um and he only buys games when he kind of like needs to play it with me yeah you know like for the most part he just plays whatever's available you know? right um so he was a ps now subscriber and then I remember coming down hard on the service when it came out, the new uh, subscription service for PlayStation. This is this entire thing is a massive chant tangent, but we did call it general discussion. So yeah. brace yourself, <laughs> it's gonna be discussion-y. I came down really hard on it because I was like, oh, it's like, from what Jake told me about the price, we were talking about it and I was like, dude, that's like, you know, it, it was something like doubled from the previous, like as soon as they transitioned, yeah. it became insanely more expensive. But I think I was confused because I think that I thought that what the price he was quoting me did not include the PlayStation Basic subscription, oh, like for the yeah. online. Right. And I think I didn't realize that that also comes with that. Yeah. So probably if if I had pro pro properly processed that at the time, it's only like what you're describing, where it's like sixty bucks more for the year or something. Right. Which I mean, sixty dollars. That's well, like yeah, Jesus. I, that's... I think part of it was that they did a price hike recently that felt very sizable. Mm -hmm. Right. I think I remember what you're talking about. Like it about. went up like yeah. 20 bucks or something. Yeah. And it, it's sort of like, like that hits you when you see that. Absolutely. But then when yeah. you still think about the overall package you're getting. Yeah. The, and the thing is like, I mean, if I was uh, someone who played games like, you know, a few hours every day. Yeah. Then it would be a no brainer. What, what is your average playtime? Maybe like an hour a day, let's say. Ish. Right? But yeah. I don't play every day, but sometimes I play two hours, you know, yeah. that sort of no, thing. No, that's a, I would say um, that's actually like pretty typical, I yeah. think, you know? Like, yeah. I, I play more than that, but I think that's atypical. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. But then sometimes I'll go, like, two weeks without playing anything. You know? Sure. Yeah. Um, right now, because I'm really into a game, I'm playing more than normal. Yeah. Um, but sometimes I'll just go two, three weeks without picking up a controller. Mm -hmm. um, but if I look at my, my past year, I, um, after I finished Elden Ring, mm -hmm. I played Ghost of Tsushima, which I got for free. Right. Including the DLC. Right. I played, um, what was that, uh, Spirit Fair. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Um, on PlayStation? Yeah. Indie game, I got that free from play PS Extra. Oh, interesting. And I'm just talking about the extra games here. Yeah, And, yeah, uh, and oh, then sure. Demon's Souls. Okay. Which, uh, Demon's Souls Remake. Demon's Souls Remake, which yeah. I'm playing now. Right. And um, my son played through Spider-Man Miles Morales. So 
all of that, even if you get the games like 50% off or whatever, yeah, that's worth the $70 difference in price, right? Well, I can tell you right off the bat that if you just go to the PlayStation Store, like Demon's Souls Remake number one, from software games, first of all, are almost like Nintendo in the sense they never get discounted. Right. They do, but they don't they do never. Eventually, yeah. It's just really rare. Yeah. yeah. And they also, when they get discounted, they often go back to full price. Like, it's just a temporary discount, then right. back to full price. Uh, Demon Souls Remake is currently still at 90. Right. Um, Ghost of Tsushima, it's probably permanently 50% off from when it, from when it came out. Say yeah. 40 bucks. Yeah, it's pretty Spirit old. Spirit Fair yeah. is probably 25 or something. Yeah. That's like, you know, uh, not like 100, 100, 180. What did you just say for Eddie? Uh, Miles Morales. Miles Morales, you know, 220, 230. We're talking like 230 bucks. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's dramatically better to have a subscription service, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, and it's really yeah. I mean, I, I you know this is sort of meandered into a conversation about really just like you know pros and cons of subscription services. But it's like yeah. if you're comfortable, like the gentleman Mr. Tremblay from Ubisoft says, if you're comfortable not owning your games, there really is no reason not to do it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the the problems that stem from that are like you're constantly kind of pressuring yourself like. Okay, I gotta I gotta finish this so I can get <laughs> I can keep making sure it's worth it. Are you? Uh, I, I, that I is, think about it. That is literally awful. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I've never done it. I mean, so it's I don't... not like I'm freaking out about it all the time. But like you think about it, right? I'm like, like Demon Souls takes me a long time. And then I'm like, okay, I've been playing this for like three months. Okay, is that, you know, is that too, like I should be moving on to the next game. To... <laughs> uh, I, I, I can't think of many things I would like less than that. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds horrible. <laughs> and then... Um, what was the other thing? Oh, yeah. The other thing is um, I am now at a point where I don't want to buy a game. Right. Right. And so like... As a direct result of your being on the, on the service? Yeah. Because okay. it's see. like new game comes out. I say there's, oh, there's still 10 games I want to play on the subscription service I can play for free. So I'll just play those. And then eventually that game will either be on the subscription service or I can get it for like 20 bucks. <laughs> so I'll... You know, I won't play a new game for, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, however long sure. it takes for that to happen. No, I mean, and I really, uh... like, there are games I really want to play, but right. I'm just like, no, nah, I won't. Not, <laughs> not what I can get games for free. <laughs> I guess, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, and I guess the interesting question would be if you stopped the subscription service now and just went to the, would you just completely adjust it the other way just as quickly? You know, it's like. I, yeah, I mean, I guess if the, if the subscription disappeared, I have game, like, I mean, I still have games in my library that I haven't played yet, but um, I'd probably buy Armored Core. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that 100% makes sense what you're saying. I would never be able to do that because yeah. I cannot not play a game that I want to play now. You know, e even currently that I'm like, I, I, I'm like way better, like I have dramatically less spending on video games than I used to. Like I said, you know, yeah. 2.5 AAA games in a year, right? Yeah. Which is insane for me. Um, but it didn't feel weird, you know, it felt fine. Like, I, cause I, w I was never like, it's just, I've gotten a little bit more discriminating in terms of like, do I actually want to play this or do I, because every time that came up, not necessarily, I was like, I'll just not buy it then. Yeah. You know, but then, but as soon as like Dead Island, I was, I knew immediately and I bought it immediately. Yeah. Armored Core, I didn't know immediately. I thought for a long time and then the day it came out, I was like, yeah, this sounds amazing. I want to play it. Yeah. Bought it immediately. Right. So it's like. I don't hesitate for a second and I would hate to be like something I knew was out that I actually really wanted to play and knew I was going to spend the money on. Yeah. It would be the worst having to wait for like 
<laughs> oh, I got to wait till the service tells me I can. Yeah. You know, like, are you kidding me? Like, yeah. I can't be part of the conversation today. It's like, it's like waiting to watch Game of Thrones new episode when everybody else is seeing it already. You know, yeah, it's yeah. like, that would never be able to live with that. But also, <laughs> I interface with games pretty differently than you do, I think. Yeah, you know? definitely. But um, anyways. Yeah. Um, but then, like, um, so if we look at the other, uh, the other headlines. Sure. Like, one of them is in direct response to that with the... Uh, uh, Baldur's Gate 3, is he the creator? Sven uh, Vinky? Yeah, I'll just read the article headline for everybody. Baldur's Gate 3, Sven Vink, Sven, can't do it. Baldur's Gate 3's Sven Vinka says Larian games won't appear on a subscription service. Subtitle, direct from developer, direct from developer to players is the way. Uh, I guess that's an, an indirect Star Wars reference there. Uh, and that I got off IGN, which was from January 17, and it's garnered from a series of tweets from, uh, from like you just said, Sven yeah. Vinka, boss of Baldur's Gate 3, maker of Larian Studios. So some of the things he mentioned, I, I, I found what his, his arguments against subscription services to be pretty interesting. Sure. Um, and I've been, I've been thinking about it since I, since I read this. Um, because what he's arguing, because first of all, he says Baldur's Gate will never be on a subscription service. Mm -hmm. So that's interesting. He's pretty adamant about that. In and of itself, yeah. Um, but then he he goes on to say, uh, it's gonna be harder to get good content if subscription becomes the dominant model. Yeah. And he, he suggests that the, the reason for that is that a select group will get to decide what goes to market and whatnot. So basically, whoever's running the subscription service kind of has a say uh, on what gets promoted on the subscription service, for example. Mm -hmm. um, you know, what kind of market exposure your game gets. Um, mm -hmm. And so in that sense, he's suggesting that a game, game developer will have less creative freedom yeah. to make the game that they, they, they want to make. And or projects getting greenlit, period, of a certain, exactly. of a certain type, right? Yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's probably worth bearing in mind, sorry to interrupt you for a second, yeah. but just to interject, it's probably worth bearing in mind that specifically the boss of Larian Studios and specifically Baldur's Gate 3, we should probably remember his bias also because this is one of the weirdest... The entire story of Baldur's Gate 3 is one of the weirdest things to come out of video games in like the past okay. maybe five years at least. I don't know because... And that's just from the perspective of like this is such an unusually successful labor of love. Yeah. And these types of projects usually cannot be made literally. Right. Right? So they're both impossible from like a time perspective, impossible from a money perspective, impossible from a probably drive perspective. Yeah. So this production in and of itself is already a little unique and unusual. Right. So it kind of, you know, we it's, I, I do think there's a lot of interesting things to garner from what he says. Yeah. And I think, you know, uh, and I don't think we should dismiss it at all. It just also, you need to bear in mind where this is coming from. Like this is not coming from the creator of like, I don't know, Assassin's Creed 17 or whatever, you know what I mean? Like it's a little bit of a different production, right? But <clears throat> yeah, go ahead. No, yeah, it's, I hadn't thought of it from the perspective that he's presenting right now in that the subscription service might in some way have some sort of control over that. Yeah. Um, but since I read that, I was kind of thinking of it in, like with, you know, Netflix as a comparison where they can, ba they basically can pass on a project or you know, decide what they want to put on, they decide what they want to put on Netflix, right? 100%. Yeah. Um, so. As they, we both will know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so if they don't like it, it's like, oh no, we're like, uh, apparently, uh, an example I, I, uh, I saw the other day was, you remember the, the terrible Will Ferrell uh, Sherlock Holmes movie? <laughs> Thankfully, no. Okay. Well, he did a Sherlock Holmes movie, um, which I would assume would have been 
funny and sounds hilarious. kind of hilarious. <laughs> but it was one of the biggest bombs and like wow. completely panned by everybody. <laughs> not even it was. It's not like an Adam Sandler thing where like every oh critic God, hates it and there's a huge, you know, following of fans that love it. Yeah, even Will Ferrell fans hated this. Oof. And uh, apparently. <laughs> Netflix saw it and passed on it. Okay. Right? Gotcha. And so, I mean, I have no problem with subscription service passing on a horrible thing. Mm -hmm. But if they are actually selecting what goes on, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if if PlayStation, for example, started selecting Mm -hmm. what gamers have access to, then that does suck. It does, yeah. Uh-huh. That, that's potentially a problem, yeah. a big problem for all of us. Yeah, right? for us, for us in playing the games, for them in making the games. Yeah. You know, like from every angle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, it it may be a situation where someone like me, it may not affect me very much because I tend to just play certain AAA games and that's it. I barely mm. play any indie games for sure. Yeah. Um, but but that's the weird thing is that Baldur's Gate three is an indie game. Technically speaking, I think. Right. right? Yeah. Like, they are an independent studio that I, I might have to eat my words later. I'll check. I'll fact check later. But they're an independent studio that I think has maybe even just published themselves. Larian's, Larian's the publisher as well as the developer? I don't know. Who published, developed and published by Belgian video game developer Larian Studios. Wow. Yeah. There you go. Right? So it's like technically indie because they self-published and like developed their own game. Yeah. And they were definitely, they were definitely would have been considered an indie, an indie studio, I think, well, I guess it's open to interpretation, but I think most people would prior to this game because what they had done before was doing Division, Divinity Original Sin, right? Yeah. And those were relatively, you know, bite-sized productions by larger industry standards, yeah. right? So it's like, I completely lost my train of thought. Why were we talking about this? Because <laughs> we were saying that uh, certain indie game studios would have a harder time getting their... Yes. Um, yes. What they want made yeah. accepted by the subscription service. Because it's like even if an ind- a cool sort of quote unquote indie studio like Larian Studios is able to fund their game, yeah, right. In a future where subscription services are the o- literally the only way to go, does it maybe just not even matter that they can self fund? If Sony yeah. is like, I don't care, I'm, I don't want you on the service. Yeah. Then what do they do with all that money? Nothing. Yeah. Or are they just you know? Fucked, if you'll pardon my French, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, and it and it may become harder to fund games like that because, you know, investors won't yeah stump up the the money for something like that. There's a small hitch there, although I do still think that that point has that point bears weight. Yeah, in that there's no way in hell I, I don't think I don't think Baldur's Gate ever would have been funded either. Okay. If they didn't do it themselves. Does that make sense? Right. Like, okay. it's from all accounts, or at least in my opinion, from the outside and from what I've heard about the game, it doesn't sound like it would happen. I don't think anyone would have greenlit. Okay. I mean, this game has 248 voice actors. Like, it took, like, how many fucking years, you know, how many years did it take to develop? Baldur's Gate 3 development. It took six years to develop. You know, six so, years to develop. It has 248 voice actors. It has things that are put in a game that... I have that I have never heard of anybody doing before. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't think this would have got picked up by anybody. Yeah. <laughs> like, who would have funded such a weird? <laughs> also, it's like you're talking about a revival RPG of something that was popular in the '90s. Yeah. Like, are you insane? Like, <laughs> if I was a boss, I would never greenlight that ever. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But where Where did the money come from then? I don't know. It's unclear to me. All I can say is they're self-published. So right. whatever it is, they did it themselves. Okay. Whether it's crowdfunding or just, you know, relying, whether, or they maybe just developed a war chest similar to Nintendo with the success of, well, not similar to Nintendo, but in the same way as with Divinity Original Sin 2. Yeah. Um, those games were really big. The, the Kickstarter for Divinity Original Sin 2 was huge, very successful. I don't know. You know? Yeah. I get all that to say, it's a weird game to begin with, but I do agree with both you and him in the sense that 
quote unquote, here's again from uh, what Mr. Svenvinka says, getting aboard, getting aboard to a Kea project fueled by idealism is almost impossible and idealism needs room to exist, even if it can lead to disaster. Subscription yeah. models will always end up being cost-benefit analysis exercises intended to maximize profit. Yeah. I feel what he's saying. Yeah. You know, like, is the man who made Baldur's Gate 3 in a particularly unique position of like, this is coming from someone who made what I, in, in my opinion, from the outside, and I think a lot of people's opinion, is an impossible project. Yeah. So, of course, he's going to say that. Yeah. Also, I think he's probably right. Yeah. I don't know. I do think it's one of those things, like, I feel like it's one of those things that is kind of inevitable, though. Mm. It's the sort of thing where guys like you and me grew up buying games. Yeah. But my, my son, for example... He does have a few physical copies of games. Right. But when I can, I'll buy him the digital copy. Right. And he's getting more used to lo- looking on like the Switch marketplace. Physical doesn't matter though, does it? No. Does that interfa- interface what we're talking about? I, I think that's kind of like a step towards. Okay. Like first you get rid of the physical right. a feeling of owning something. Yeah. So the concept of ownership changes with digital it's versus weakened. physical. Yeah. 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 And then people, when, like as they're growing up, they get used to the ease of access of subscription yeah where they no longer have to do that step of paying for it yeah and so they just download a game whenever they want it yeah and that becomes what you're used to Mm -hmm. and so when my son is in his 20s Mm -hmm. he's never going to think about buying a game yeah that's that's how i see this going yeah i don't feel that it's inevitable but i also don't feel like i know yeah. I just think that it might be possible that it does not go that way and that it coexists, but I don't. Yeah. I have no idea. Right. Yeah. And people much smarter than me also have no idea. Yeah. Right? I mean, I'll, most of them are like, yeah, it'll probably just take over eventually. Yeah. But a lot of also really smart people say stuff like, yeah, but Xbox Game Pass hasn't been profitable like since the day it was conceived. Yeah. Right? And it's like Xbox has been hemorrhaging, hemorrhaging money for, with this service like since the day, you know, since whatever, right? right? And it's like, and we don't have official numbers on that because Microsoft is extremely, what's the word, guarded with yeah. the information they let out. They're not like, um, you know, we, we get sales numbers and whatnot from a lot of other things. Uh, same with Netflix, right? Netflix is also incredibly cagey, that's a good word, about yeah. how they release numbers in terms of like who watches what. Yeah. You know, like what shows do what, you know, like yeah. is this canceled show actually not popular? Nobody yeah. knows, you know. And... There's a lot of also, I think, very reasonable speculation in terms of like, well, if literally all these services are hemorrhaging money, can they actually take over? I don't know. Well, you know, like yeah, it's tough to say. I mean, like, I I do see uh, strong parallels with the music industry where we grew up buying physical copies of of albums. Yeah, and some of us, like me, I still buy vinyl records. <laughs> yeah, totally. And yeah. you. For some reason, by digital downloads. <laughs> <laughs> for some godforsaken reason, by digital downloads. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Um, and, but every casual listener yeah. of music yeah. just listens to Spotify or whatever streaming service, right? You're totally right. And so I think that every, it could very well be a situation where every casual gamer yeah. will only use a subscription service. Perhaps. So that ends up being like 80% of... <laughs> <laughs> video game consumers, right? That totally makes sense. But counterpoint, I don't know if video games are actually the same thing as music. Yes, yeah. they look they look very similar from the outside yeah. in terms of like what is the software itself? Like what are you what are you getting? You know what are you listening to? Whatever. Right. But it might have something to. I mean, <clears throat> it might be relevant that the way we interface with games is extremely different than the way we interface with music. Right. Like, and I could just be you know 
not able to get enough perspective personally to, to see. But it's like, I think on some level, it actually is a lot easier to imagine having a subscription service for music than it is games, where because you, games you interface with for a long time, right. you play them all, you play one game a lot, you don't like want a playlist of like 14, you know, random games necessarily going <laughs> yeah. through, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if they're, like I, 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 I rather, I guess I speculate, is, is there actually a difference between these two things? Yeah. And that has something to do with it. I don't know. It's right. something we can't predict at this point, no. but well, we'll see. I mean, all that to say, I hope uh, I still get to purchase my games. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. I really don't. I, I yeah. just personally hate uh, subscription services. Right. I don't, but it's, I, yeah, like I said, I don't care they exist. Yeah. I just, I'm not interested. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I just would much prefer to get just two things. Yeah. And I'll play that the whole year. That's fine. Yeah. You know? But I just, I like that. You know? Yeah. And I like the idea of like, okay, I delete my things. If I ever want them back, they're there. Yeah. But um, it is a fascinating discussion. Definitely. But, uh, anyways, should we move on to the news? Uh, yeah. So we're back. Before we move on to the news, which we'll do extremely briefly, you had a really nice uh, comment that you mentioned to me before, right after we start, stopped recording, that I think sort of ties the entire thing with the subscription services together, mm. which is the fact that, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you said something along the lines of sometimes you don't notice when something is gone that was healthy and good for you until yeah. it happened. And even even when it does happen, you sometimes don't notice, although yeah. it still affects you. Yeah. So basically um, what I said was that losing these creative no limits projects yeah. is something we, we may not even notice when or if and when it happens. Yeah. Because we're, you know, wrapped up in... Uh, whatever AAA games have come out that <laughs> we're, we're excited about. Yeah. But the fact that they're not there anymore makes us worse off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we won't even realize they're, they're not there because, yeah. you know, yeah. we're doing something else. It's worth thinking about these things because they will affect us. It's hard to imagine now when we're in the initial, like you pointed out earlier, you're like, is this the inevitable way things are going? Yeah. It's even more worthwhile to consider when we're in the initial phases of these types of things and even just ask ourselves the simple questions of like, listen, if nobody was willing to buy Elden Ring as a product, mm -hmm. would Elden Ring even exist? Right. Does that make sense? And when I say that, I mean specifically not engage with Elden Ring, but rather specifically purchase it as a standalone product, thus indicating to From Software that, hey, there's a big niche for this and I want this and I'm willing to pay for it. Yeah. If that goes away, will companies even want to do that kind of thing anymore? Right. You know, like, would Elden Ring even have come out in a word? I mean, because, you know, from my perspective, I do think Elden Ring is one of the most impressive productions. Like, to me, Elden Ring is Baldur's Gate 3 level. Yeah. It's the same kind of thing, you know, insane labor of love, like, um, unbelievable amount of attention to detail. Yeah. Dramatically vast and huge world with, like, incredibly complex sandbox to play around with. Yep. You know, endless things to do. Like, I mean, Elden Ring can and in some cases will like it did with me occupy your gaming time for like i don't know like 500 hours yeah like as little or as much as you want to put into it you know and it'll be rewarding and gratifying throughout and it really is it it, it 100 earned all the rewards and accolades it got when it came out yep. would that even happen in a world where subscription is the only model i don't know yeah but that's worth considering right Definitely. anyways moving on to the news Let's move on. Time for some news. Number yeah. one. So we, a few things came in here uh, just this morning that we're going to perhaps somewhat uncomfortably slot right into the beginning of our topic list that we weren't intending to. 
Number one, Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League push pulled one hour after Deluxe Edition launch due to bug. Uh, this is January 29th. I'm getting this off IGN. And this was uh, reported originally by VGC. Rocksteady Studios has been forced to pull Suicide Squad the Justice League Kill the Justice League offline just one hour into its Deluxe Edition's early access launch due to a bug that automatically completed players' games. Though the Batman Arkham Universe live service games doesn't launch properly until February 2nd, those who paid an extra $30 for the Deluxe Edition were granted three days of early access. That means This means it should now be available in New Zealand, uh, but as reported by VGC, the game is currently offline and will be for quote-unquote several hours. Rocksteady issued a statement on X Twitter addressing the issue, though didn't indicate if the game would still be offline as of its launch in the U.S. or other regions. Developer did not say if it would issue refunds for customers who paid an extra thirty dollars either. I'm willing to go out on a limb and say that they are not going to go ahead and offer refunds for that <laughs> <laughs> because they are a normal company. <laughs> uh, IGN continues: We're aware that a number of players are currently experiencing an issue whereby, upon logging into the game for the first time, they have full story completion. Statement says: To resolve this issue, we will be performing maintenance on the game servers during this time game will be unavailable. We expect this to take several hours. We'll update once more once we have more information. We apologize for the inconvenience. Those who are looking forward to playing Suicide Squad have responded with frustration to the game being taken offline, adding more fuel to the fire of what's already been a rocky reception. That's pretty poor. They did not catch this in quality assurance. Sucks for people that paid extra to play it early. Ethan Max says on Reddit, absolutely does not help with the image that the game has. Added Mr. Raffi underscore. Uh, <laughs> issue has brought more, brought upon more calls for the importance of an offline mode, which Suicide Squad currently doesn't have, despite Rocksteady's refusal to call it a live service game. An offline mode will be added after launch, but the developer only gave a vague 2024 release window. Yeah, that's pretty much... I mean, there's some other notes regarding uh, fans being frustrated at the quiet edition of digital rights management. I don't know about you, but everybody who listens to the show is well familiar with my stance on digital rights management, which is yeah. I hate it, it sucks. Yeah. Uh, and it is uh, strictly <laughs> bad for the consumer and 100% good for the company, and that's it. Right. Uh, it's also worth noting that, as IGN points out, Rocksteady has faced an uphill challenge bringing its fans on side following the announcement of Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League and the revelations about its life service elements, with many hoping to, uh, to have a return to the developer's roots with a Batman Arkham-style game in the future. What do you think about all this, Mike? Well, I mean, it, it is disappointing. I uh, I have a, a, a good friend who's who's very excited about this game. It's disappointing on a few levels. First of all, I, I hadn't... <laughs> before reading this news, I hadn't known the 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 rocky pro the the problems that this game is experiencing and, and uh, I I noted as well that IGN has uh, written a pretty poor early review of it I actually didn't know that yeah they uh, they didn't have many good things to say about it okay um, <laughs> I wish I could say that was surprising <laughs> yeah it it is a game I have interest in because I'm uh, I'm a big fan of the uh, Batman Arkham series totally uh, but almost who isn't yeah. And it's it's just really disappointing to see that um, this company is, is is screwing up like this and screwing over the early access fans, basically. Sure. Yeah. Um, who now paid 30, 30 extra dollars to you know to get it three days early? I imagine there's more to what they paid. You know, they get more. I imagine there's other rewards. There probably isn't. Okay. I mean, or if there are, they're so. I mean, it's like yeah. you know, you maybe some, a, like, a skin rewards or something. Yeah, dude. I mean, was there anything with? I mean, Starfield had the exact same thing. Starfield was allowed to. That was one of the. I don't want to you know derail us too much, but Starfield has one of the most impressive like situations of like have your cake and eat it too because Xbox got to both a draw in subscribers to its Game Pass service by right. launching Starfield on that. 
And at the same time, they did the same thing. They sold an early access version where it's like you can play the game like five days before it releases or something absurd like that for yeah. another like, you know, 30 bucks. <laughs> and tons of people spent that 30 bucks. Right? Wow. Okay. So, which is fine if yeah. you know and understand what you're getting. But if there really is no product, like at least Starfield, you could play. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like they didn't have uh, this sort of like, uh, you know, epic kind of like, no, you just paid for nothing sort of situation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, they really wow. should refund them. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just embarrassing. And it's and it's rough when your game is already getting kind of bad press about stuff. Yeah. And then this happens. It's starting to feel like you know one thing after another of this game. Absolutely. And I do think it's going to turn off some people. Like I'm, I I've kind of gone from interested to see what happens with this game to yeah. like, well, this game's probably crap, and I'm not. I'm losing interest. Number one, this is the first game to come out from them in all, basically ten years. Uh, right. From Arkham Knight, right? right? It's technically they had a VR game. I don't that doesn't that doesn't count. It's a reskin of one of the other Batman games. Right, right? right. It doesn't matter. So pretty much the first game of note to come out from Rock City Studios in ten years. Also, is it fair to say that they've been on a downward trajectory ever since Batman Arkham Asylum? That was two thousand nine. Then well, we had City. I think. Then we had Knight. Most people consider. I. I it's. It's up for debate, but a lot of people consider City better than Asylum. I did not think that was up for debate. I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah. There are there are a lot of people who who absolutely you know swear by City. Okay. And um, I'm kind of on the fence. I love both of them. Yeah. But Arkham Knight is definitely a step down. Right. It was still great, but yeah. it's a step down. So if we count that one as as the beginning of the end, perhaps who knows, <laughs> right? Yeah. Then that's we're talking 2011 release date, and it's already been 13 years past that. Right, and they basically yes. haven't done. Sorry, excuse me. Nine years after okay. night, right? Right. So it kind of seems like maybe the studio has just been—I don't know—hemorrhaging, dying, wasting away, whatever. Maybe right. they've been atrophying the entire time, and it's like this is just the sort of last-ditch attempt to like, well, we started working on this game, we might as well put it out, even though it's kind of a mess. Yeah, that's what it sounds like to me. It almost reminds me of Crystal Dynamics with um, they're the developers of Marvel's Avengers. Okay. Right, that um, relatively unanimously maligned uh, online sort of Marvel team game, right? Right. Which I ironically actually really liked. Yeah. Um, and I do not feel that the vast majority of the criticism on that game was even close to earned. Okay. You know, and it's like it's yeah. not a, a great game. It's just not awful yeah. either. But it's like the way people described it, it was like it was as if, I mean, I heard. At the time, I remember I was gathering testimonials from like people I knew at coffee shops who had played the game. Yeah. Of like, hey, did you play this? What do you think? Hey, did you play this? What do you think? And like, multiple people were like, dude, I played like 20 minutes and was like, I can't, like, what is even the point of playing this game? <laughs> or like, I think I played one hour and then turned it off de- and deleted it, never tried it again. And I was like, what was the problem with this? Like, and it had me from the second I started playing it. I yeah. was like, this is fun. This is Marvel. This is whatever. It's like, I mean, it wasn't amazing, but it was like, yeah. surely not like, I don't know, like, <laughs> write an angry letter to the studio material or something. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's, um, this game has certainly been extremely troubled since it was, uh, I mean, I, I remember intimately the, um, I remember more the extremely large delay when everyone was like, this game needs to come out and just sell something. Yeah. Because I feel like they already lost the hype since when they originally had, had announced it after they had the major delay, which was like, I don't know, somewhere upwards of a year maybe. Right. And that was when that coincided with the entire like, oh, people don't like live service. We need to make it not live service. And it's like, I don't know. A, why was it live service to begin with? Yeah. B, if you are live service, why are you even trying to change gears at this point in time? That's absurd, you know? Yeah. Like, just release the product. Like, what? <laughs> you know, I, I don't know, but um, yeah. it sounds troubled. Yeah. And uh, this is... I'm kind of with you. I think this is unfortunate. I mean, I think the studio is 
I guess I can't really say Beyond Arkham Asylum was a good game. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that's really all there is to say. Arkham Asylum was a really good game. Yeah. Sounds like Arkham City was a really good game also. Yeah. You know, it's like they know how to do something. You know, yeah. like, what happened, right? I'm kind of with you in the sense of, like, I don't... I have zero personal attachment to Suicide Squad. Yeah. Uh, in fact, Suicide Squad as, as an IP does... Couldn't be less than nothing for me. Right. Um, but I still... Every time I've looked at this game from the outside, I just see completely competent-looking, perfectly fine third-person action game to play with friends. Yeah. And I see nothing wrong with that, right? right? I don't care what IP it is. It's like if it looks like a perfectly fine action game to just dick around in and play with friends, then who cares? You know, yeah. like what's you know the bar in 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 my eyes the bar is pretty low. You know, yeah. like yeah, it doesn't have you don't have to like that's I think that's why I like Marvel's Avengers. It's like yeah. if you can play with friends and you can pick a bunch of cool characters and like I don't know string together some fun vaguely Devil May Cry beat 'em up ish combos. Does it matter how good it is? I don't. I, yeah. I mean that'll keep me going for a while. You know, like so whatever. I mean I don't know. I I um. My heart kind of goes out to this game. Like, I feel like they kind of, in whatever way, you know, sort of went the, r- the wrong direction from the beginning. Yeah. So that frustrates me, but clearly they have some talent, right? So it's like, yeah. we all would like to see them do something good. I, I, I sometimes wonder, like, when when a studio goes, whatever it was, nine years without releasing a game. Yeah. Besides maybe the bosses, who is left from yeah. who developed? Game designers, uh, programmers. They move on. For sure. Right? Yeah. They change yeah. companies every few years. Yeah. yeah. Um, in certain cases, when they're highly prestigious and they're highly well-known and they're big figures, they might not. Yeah. But in general, yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it, it could be a completely different group making this game. <laughs> could be. Let's move on uh, because why not? It's related. We were going to talk about this later. Founders of Batman Arkham developer Rocksteady start new studio. This I got off uh, IGN January 18th, uh, not very long ago. Uh, Here's a little snippet from the article. The people who founded Rocksteady Studios have started a new development studio. As reported originally by Polygon, Rocksteady founders Sefton Hill and Jamie Walker started a new London-based studio called 100 Star Games which aims to make AAA games with quote-unquote only 100 industry veterans and emerging talents. Polygon found that a number of former Rocksteady staff have joined 100 Star Games according to LinkedIn profiles. Like you were saying, maybe you're already right. Maybe A, a lot of them were already gone. Yeah. Maybe B, a lot of the ones that were still there are just going with Mr. Mr. Hill and Mr. Walker, yeah. right, in, in joining this new studio. I'm mildly interested to know when they left and how did that right. affect just, uh, the Kill the Justice League, yeah. right? Yeah, Because... If you have a bunch of developers leaving mid-production, yeah, <laughs> then it's understandable that the game is not great. Apparently, um, Hill and Walker announced their exit from Rocksteady in October 2022. Okay, which was definitely amid the development of Suicide Squad: Kill the Justice League. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, it wasn't that. Like at the same time, you know, bear in mind, right, that like game development, it could have been mostly finished. Then we yeah. we, we don't really know. Yeah. Maybe not, but maybe it was. Who knows? For right? sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. And um, but on the other side. If these guys from Rocksteady are opening a new studio and they have this interesting plan of yeah. making it kind of a streamlined small company, sure, a hundred people, I am actually quite interested to see yeah. what they develop because, yeah. like I said earlier, I love the Arkham games totally. Uh, even the you know so-called weaker one, Arkham Knight, I loved it. Um, I played many many hours of that game. And uh, I'd be very excited to see what they come up with. If it's, uh, I, I imagine it won't be, you know, Batman related. Yeah. But with their talents and what they did with those games, I, I would expect them to put out something good. Yeah, totally, totally. I mean, one would assume, but also it's like, and I don't, I have no idea what I'm talking about. Yeah. But you could also ask the question. It's like, hey, man. I mean, maybe, 
who knows? Like maybe somebody at the, the you know the studio is responsible for. I guess it's Warner in this case. The studio is yeah. responsible for the Batman, the DC licenses, right? Yeah. Like maybe they would be thinking the same thing as you in terms of like these guys did this once. Yeah, they dropped the like, ball on Suicide Squad here. Maybe so. behind the <laughs> scenes they know what happened. They, they yeah. maybe there is something responsible for Suicide Squad, and we just don't know what it is. Yeah. But maybe it makes sense internally that it's a mess, you know. Yeah. And maybe someone thinks the same thing, and maybe someone. I mean, still a hundred industry veteran staff. That's not that's that's nothing to sneeze at. It's like yeah. you know yeah. maybe they would give them a chance again with that kind of stuff. Who knows, right? Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm totally with you. It's uh, yeah. very interesting to see what they will do next. So. Yeah. Um, We'll see. We'll see. Moving on to number two. Yep. Embracer Group reportedly cancels Deus Ex video game as layoffs hit Eidos Montreal. Uh, subheading, the studio will, will reportedly work on original franchise instead. Uh, this was January 29th on IGN, originally reported by Bloomberg. Embracer Group has reportedly canceled the new Deus Ex game that was two years in development and laid off some staff in Montreal. According to Bloomberg, the unannounced third mainline entry in the Deus Ex series was supposed to enter production later this year. However, developer Eidos Montreal will reportedly focus on an original franchise instead. Eidos Montreal released a statement on Twitter addressing layoffs, but not the reported Deus Ex game cancellation. Interesting to note. The global economic context, the challenges of our industry, and the comprehensive restructuring announced by Embracer have finally impacted our studio, said the studio. The difficult decision has been made to let go of 97 people from development teams, administration, and support services. Uh, when reached by IGN, an Embracer spokesperson told us Embracer announced a comprehensive restructuring program for FY23, I guess that's fiscal year 23-24, mm-hmm. running until the end of March 2024. This process will be managed locally on operative group level with focus on informing affected employees first. And on group level, we will not comment on specific studios. A little bit oddly worded, but uh, it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, Embracer Group has been aggressively shutting down studios ever since it's rumored to billion dollar deal with Saudi-backed Savvy Games Group reportedly fell apart. Uh, one little more little thing before we get into it. Saints Row, worth noting that other recent, we've covered this before, but other recent uh, groups shut down by Embracer Group because this is the last in a long series of things being, as IGN states, you know, there's been a massive restructuring, right? Yeah. Or rather as Embracer Group has, uh, has officially no- notified them of. The studios previously shut down Saints Row developer Volition, Time Splitters developer Free Radical Design, this was recent, and I wasn't going to cover it because it's too small, but Elix developer Piranabytes. Teague's a big fan of Elix. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like an indie RPG game, sort of. Indie RPG sci-fi game that's allegedly very cool. That's all for the recent ones. Yeah. I mean, that's that's really all there is to say for the news. Um, yeah. So, I mean, we got two things here. We got layoffs. I suppose we have three things. We have layoffs. We have trouble in Embracer Group at large. We have Deus Ex, uh, unfortunately, being canceled. Yeah. Now, of course, not officially being canceled. It just is very believable that it will be and I only I can only assume that we will either never hear of it again or it'll be officially canceled at some point in time in the future but you know they're yeah. like like they stated in the article they're allegedly working on some what is it new original franchise instead so who knows what that is but um well I how mean, do you feel about this it's uh it's certainly disappointing that um the new Deus Ex game is being canceled it's not a franchise that I follow but it is one that I think looks has always looked cool to me yeah totally on that side it's disappointing it's it's always sad to see layoffs as well especially when it's in our hometown of montreal totally um, yeah and this particular this particular property too yeah yeah, yeah yeah exactly i mean like i was telling you earlier outside i remember distinctly when deus ex human revolution kit human revolution yeah the second one is mankind divided yeah when deus ex human revolution hit 
the market. Mm-hmm. And there was a giant cover page story in the Devoir with like, you know, our local newspaper with like Deus Ex face plastered, like a like, yeah. massive cover page article, you know, like everyone was psyched. Like, you know, people were freaking out. I played it immediately. Joel played it immediately. It's some of our favorite sci-fi role-playing game experiences ever. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, totally. It's, it feels close to home. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't have a lot more to say about it than that. It's just, it's, it's, it's bad news. It's bad news. Yeah, yeah, no, it's bad news. Yeah, and uh, yeah, no, I, I don't really have much more to, to say about it either. It's sad that it's, it, it does feel a little a little in the gonads because it's Idos Montreal. Yeah. I like them. Uh, I was kind of hoping that because we had had, uh, I think it was rumors and never substantiated, but we had had like the Deus Ex being canceled. I don't know if, I can't remember if that was ever officially announced. Right. There was definitely rumors about it for a long time, but I don't know if they ever even made an official announcement. Yeah, I was always hoping that they could come back to this game. Mankind Divided was... Some people still liked it. Um, from what I saw, I never played it uh, because I didn't think it was. I mean, it, it uh, sounds snooty, but I didn't think it was good enough. Right. Um, and when I say that, I really mean my perspective is the first one was, in my opinion, is kind of a perfect ten. Right. Um, and I was really hoping that we could get back to that at some point in time. Yeah. And I believed they had it in them, and I, I, I just, I thought that something happened with the second one, and like, okay, maybe it was, you know. Uh, financial department, maybe it was, maybe it was pressure from upper management, maybe it was, I don't know, who knows, but yeah. like, I still feel like they had it in them. So yeah, I'm really sad to see that that's getting shut down. Can they ever even do that again? If that, that much staff is, la- is laid off, are they just going to give it to someone else? Will they be able to be able to do anything? I don't know. Yeah. Um, and I guess I w- also wanted to, to address this briefly because me and you have on a personal level been talking about, you know, how do we feel about layoffs news lately? Yeah. And I guess my perspective as a host of this show is like from the show, you know, is there a point to covering layoff news? Yeah. Like the, ju- the journalism industry keeps telling me, um, you know, point like a sort of point blank that like, hey, care about these layoffs. Here's more layoffs. Care about these layoffs. Massive amount of layoffs at Microsoft. Care about this. Massive amount of layoffs at Twitch. Care about this. Massive amount of layoffs at Unity. Unity has been troubled lately, but care about that. You know, and it's yeah. like, of course, on a, I mean, as, as someone who's been laid off, getting laid off sucks. Yeah. You know, you've experienced layoffs as well. Yep. Getting laid off sucks for everyone. That's never going to change. Yep. You know, we're, I mean, I, I guess I can't speak for you, but you know, I'm extremely, uh, is sympathetic the word? No, empathetic to people who are experiencing that. And it's like, I would, you know, it's very, very sad news. Yeah. But at the same time, I have I've had a really difficult time uh, wrapping my head around why is the journalism industry consistently telling me that I should care about this when layoffs are a perfectly normal facet of business and there isn't necessarily any reason to think that anything particularly weird is going on. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah. yeah. No, I, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. It, it's sort of like, I mean, if the layoffs are... A result of, you know, oh, th- this company is collapsing, mm-hmm. then that's a sad thing, yeah. you know, and that's something that we should be worried about. If yeah. it's a, an industry trend where totally all workers are being, you know, all these workers are being replaced with AI, yeah, then that's a worrying trend and yeah. something we should be upset about. Yeah. But on the other side, it is an industry where it's, it's project based. Yeah. So you, you work on a project, you're hired to work on a project. Yeah. You complete the project and you get laid off. Yeah. Like that's, that's a normal cycle for a game developer. Yeah. A game, a programmer or what, whatever it is. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's no fun, but I expect that these 
that many of these workers may be expected to be laid off because Probably. their work cycle is complete. What they were hired to do is complete. Sure. Um, so I don't believe that every instance of, you know, a company has just fired this number of people is actually like some kind of devastating thing yeah. or something where we should all be freaked out because, oh, well, what's happening in the game industry here? No, I mean... I honestly, yeah. I have a complete lack of understanding how this information is even remotely relevant to me. Yeah. Other than fear-mongering. Right. Like, really. Like, I can't, I cannot see one single iota of use in talking about it. Yeah. In a completely, like you point out, in a completely normal industry yeah. phenomenon. If, like you said, if, if there isn't something where it's like, oh, okay, they're laying off all the staff, the studio is now closing, yeah. and all this intellectual property they were working on is now completely dead. Yeah. Then fine. Then there's a reason, you yeah. know, but it's like... Why should I care about 1,500 employees laid off from Microsoft? Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. Is Xbox shutting down? Are they? No. Is Starfield getting canceled? No. Are all the games they're working on for the next 10 years getting uh, suddenly canceled? No. Yeah. So why does it matter? Yeah. I don't know. But, you know, they consistently tell me that, like, I'm supposed to care about this. And I really don't get it. You yeah. Know? And it's like, and it really makes me feel like, why are you fear-mongering this stuff? Like, what's the point? Yeah. You know, like, sure, it's sad that layoffs happen. Of course. You know, it's yeah. like, nobody likes it. But... Hey man, if it's business, it's business. Yeah. I don't know. You know, it's like, is the studio closing? No. Okay. Well, yeah. I don't know. You know? Yeah. And it, again, I mean, from, from my perspective, it's just like, you really need to look at why the layoffs happen. I mean, I, sure. I know, I'm repeating myself a little bit here, but I would be worried if it was, so, or I would be more upset if, like I said, it's like, okay, Microsoft has decided that from now on, they're not like, Character design and environmental design and yeah. things like that for their games are going to be done by AI. Sure. And, you know, one dude feeding ideas into yeah. AI. Yeah. And so they've fired a hundred people. Or AI even stealing from literally everyone. Yeah. As it does. Right? Exactly. Yeah. No, they're totally. <laughs> and it is totally. currently being sued for, right? <laughs> yeah. In many cases. Yeah. yeah. So if that's what the news is, mm -hmm. um, then... We have reason to be upset. We have reason to be up in arms about it. Or concerned, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but if it's just like, okay, well, this studio has finished production on this game and they're not currently working on another game, so they don't need a staff of 3,000 yeah. anymore. Yeah. Then. And even if it is like they're not finished working on this product, but hey, they're cutting costs because, hey, they're a company. Yeah. And they want costs to be low. Yeah. So, so they fire people. Yeah. Shocker. Yeah. This happens constantly. It happens you know? every day. And it's, every day. And it does. And it sucks. Absolutely. And, you know, we've both gone through it. And yeah. It was not fun. But hey, man, that's capitalism. Yeah. If you don't like it, move to another country. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I don't really like capitalism myself, but it's yeah. like, that's capitalism. Yeah. This is what we live in. You know, it's like, yeah, the bottom dollar is king. Yeah. It always will be. You know, like, so it's weird, you know, and it's like kind of like, if they framed these news articles as like, hey, capitalism sucks, well, then maybe there's an angle. Because yeah. maybe there's, like, then you're at least talking about something. Yeah. But they don't do that. They're just like, everyone pay attention, more layoffs. Yeah. Like, okay, and? You know? Anyways, yeah. So I'm, I'm clearly frustrated, but that frustration comes from the idea that like, okay, when I see what the equivalent of like a BuzzFeed article on IGN, I yeah. know what it, what it looks like, I know what it is, and I immediately dismiss it. Yeah. But when they try to convince me that when they try to make me care about layoffs, they frame it as really important news. And I just feel like that's really misleading. Because yeah. It's like, well, guys, if it's the same thing over yeah. and over again, I mean. Because they're, they're like, <sighs> the narrative that people get out of it is, oh, this company's in big trouble, right? 
Yeah. But they're not. Exactly. Yeah. They're <laughs> just doing a, like a regular process that they would do. Exactly. Anytime. Yeah. yeah. It's like, am I supposed to think that Microsoft's doing bad because they just laid off 1,500 people? Yeah. I'm sure they're fine. I'm sure their profits are up. Exactly. <laughs> if anything, they probably secured for themselves a brighter future financially. Yeah. Than, you know what I'm saying? Like, anyways. Yeah. yeah. But uh, in, in closing, I love Deus Ex and this sucks for Atos Montreal. Yes. That's it. Totally agree. <laughs> yeah. Moving on? Moving on. Moving on to number three. PlayStation State of Play announced. Very excited. Featuring looks at Stellar Blade and Rise of the Ronin. I got the synopsis of IFGN. This is taking place Wednesday. Uh, this news broke this morning at 1130. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we just had to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Mostly because I like State of Plays. Yeah. We're, we're recording this on a Monday. The State of Play is coming in two days. Yes. And so... This will already have a uh, yeah. state of play will already be out by yeah. the time this airs. So, but. man, I can't believe they announced Bloodborne two and <laughs> Bloodborne cards. Silent Hill come. That's already in. <laughs> that's already being made. Silent Hill two comes out tomorrow. And what else do I want? Little Devil Inside has come back from the grave and is coming out mm-hmm. next quarter. And I don't know. Vampire Bloodlines two is comes out next Uncharted week. Uncharted five. Uncharted five. <laughs> Are they going to do that? No. <laughs> do you think that's is that dead now is Uncharted done I'm I'm still very hopeful that one day they'll do another spin-off game mm. but they that's made cool. be cool they yeah. made a point of like drawing to a conclusion the Nathan Drake story right you know yeah so I don't think they'll bring back Nathan Drake unless it's as like a Sully character right <laughs> well all the uh, tangents because we've known each other for a long time aside yeah sony has announced its first playstation state of play of 2024 always a fun thing taking place this wednesday january 31st 2 p.m pt 10 p.m gmt state of play will last 40 minutes sony said on monday and included and include extended looks at stellar blade rise of the ronin uh, these are the only ones no- noted by sony at the moment both coming to ps5 this year plus more from talented game developers from around the world says sony on official announcement on its twitter page specifically sony says 15 plus games will be covered pretty good Cool. Um, I love state of plays. I know Teague is always very, you know, sort of so-so on them. Yeah. I think he prefers them. I think Teague is kind of anti, um, anti. It sounds strong. I think he just doesn't really dig on giant showcases. Yeah. You know, I kind of like them, but I, I find they're usually way too long. Yeah. Uh, and, and why I get so excited about, about Sony state of plays is because they have always been, in my opinion, very digestible. Right. I really like that. I feel like they respect my time. Yeah. With very small exception of like that massive Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League, like developer expose in the last one. Okay. And I got no problem with that. It just to me, that doesn't, that doesn't belong in a state of play. Yeah. 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 Um, but I mean, I've always found they were very digestible. They respect your time. It's a really cool, nice slice of games. Yeah. I can't wait to see what comes. I hope for something huge. I mean, you know, who knows? We could also be like, first one of the year is always a big deal. It could also be like, hey, Kotor remake isn't canceled. We've now got it back as a uh, as an exclusive again or something. Right? Who knows? You know. But I'm always excited for these things, and uh, you know, we'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I fully admit that I've never watched a state of play before. Um, I'm not big on showcases either. Most people don't. Yeah, but reading about this one in preparation for our recording today. I kind of got interested in it from the fact that they're doing 15 games in 40 minutes. Yeah. Right? That's like... I didn't do the math. Two, it's like less than three minutes per game. Right? right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> two and a half minutes per game around, you know? Yeah. And so that is very watchable to me. Yeah. So I might, I might check it out. And yeah. Yeah. there is some stuff that I'm interested in, namely Rise of the Ronin. Mm-hmm. I, I saw... Uh, I watched the reveal trailer mm. 
earlier earlier today because I had seen a, a short clip and it was like, oh, look, it's another Ghost of Tsushima. Um, <laughs> it isn't another Ghost of Tsushima, but it does look very cool. 100%. So I'm, I'm definitely intrigued to learn more about that at the State of Play. Yeah. So I think I might I might check it out and see see what other stuff is coming up. Mm-hmm. I can only imagine that the Silent Hill 2 release date will be announced officially. Yeah. Um, we have we were going to cover this in the news later. We'll just have it now. Yeah. Uh, because of, uh, I don't even remember what it was, but some sort of like PlayStation games coming in 2024 trailer. Yeah. They had like a, I don't know, a 10 minute thing or something just being like sort of like a sizzle reel of like all the exciting PlayStation stuff coming out this year. Yeah. Um. A lot of people were pointing to that as, oh, hey, uh, they have Silent Hill 2 in this trailer, and it's just games coming out in 2024. This is the first official, official, unofficial confirmation that Silent Hill 2 is, in fact, coming in 2024. Right. Because while everyone assumed it was, you know, it never actually had a specific uh, itemized release date, you know, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, maybe we'll see Silent Hill 2, uh, oh, official release date, one month from now. It should be soon, by right. all accounts. I mean, because the game has been in... Reportedly, albeit rumored, but from relatively reliable sources in a basically finished state for a long time. Cool. Uh, it should be any time now. So maybe Silent Hill 2. Yeah. Again, like I said, Little Devil Inside, you know, that was featured as a state of play like three years ago. That game's been dead for forever. Who knows? It might come back someday. Yeah. Star Wars Kotor is up in the air. Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2. I don't know if that has any specific console associate. I mean, specific, sorry specific brand association at the moment. Right. Uh, but that also is unannounced 2024. That could get a, a concrete release date. Okay. Um, probably another Helldivers 2 trailer. Or no. Yeah, because Helldivers 2 won't be out by that time. That's February 22nd. Um, or no, it's February 8th. I can't remember, but it's not It's not immediate. What else? I mean, yeah, gosh. Yeah. Excited. You know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's exciting. First one of the year is always a big deal. Yeah. yeah. Moving on? Moving on. Moving on to number four. Machine Games unveils first look at Indiana Jones and the Great Circle. Uh, this comes from the Xbox Direct uh, of 2024. Uh, game is apparently out later this year, and this is the first time we've seen uh, extremely concrete information about this game yeah. since it was announced. I want to say it was a, about-ish three years ago. Don't quote me on that. As stated in the headline, this is Machine Games. What we've seen is a giant perspective shift from, I don't know if they ever actually said they were third person, but I right. think people assumed they were. I'm not sure if that was ever really a thing. Yeah. But now we have finally official... It, it's For whatever reason, it was assumed. Now we know it's first person. Relatively big shift. Um, at the same time, probably not surprising for anyone actually familiar with Machine Games' history, which yeah. is all the Wolfenstein Youngblood games, yeah. uh, including the only one I'm familiar with, which is Wolfenstein... Yeah, I think it's Wolfenstein Youngblood, although they've done a whole bunch of them. Right. And that was the co-op, the janky is all get out co-op uh, <laughs> in, uh, uh, Wolfenstein that I actually think was pretty fun. Yeah. I got to be honest. Yeah, I played that briefly with Matt. If you can, if you can imagine, okay. we played that on Switch. I think, okay. like Switch online together, maybe. Yeah. I can't remember what it was, but um, yeah. So it's kind of no shocker because they they literally don't do third person games, right? Pretty much. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. There was new footage, a lot of a lot of stuff revealed. Mike, you actually care about this. I yeah. care about this from like an industry perspective, but not from a personal perspective. How do, yeah. how do you feel about it? Well, when I uh, when I first heard this game was happening, I got. A little excited because I'm such a massive fan of Uncharted. Sure. Uncharted is basically Indiana Jones. I was excited for you. For <laughs> yeah. the exact same reason. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, okay, cool. New Uncharted game, even if it's not called Uncharted. Um, and But when I see that it's actually first person, mm-hmm. that basically makes me maybe not want to play it. And That is a big, that's a big <laughs> shift. The fact is... 
Uh, I we mean, should uh, probably note, in case you don't know, that it is an, it is it is an Xbox exclusive, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just making sure. So yeah, I mean, I actually didn't know that until I think yesterday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I same here. When I when I was reading the article about the the shift of to first person or the reveal that it's first person. Yeah. For first revealed gameplay too, right? Yeah. We've never seen gameplay for it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't think even a trailer. So yeah, I mean, I don't I don't have an Xbox, so if it, if it's only Xbox, I'm I'm never going to play it anyways. Mm-hmm. But for me, first of all, uh, I'm not a huge first-person guy. I do play some first-person games, but for this type of game, especially where you're uh, running around, jumping, climbing, you know, solving puzzles. Presumably a fair amount of platforming. Yeah. yeah. I don't think first-person would be fun. Mm. Number two, you're playing as Indiana Jones. Yep. And you can't see Indiana Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Does that bother you? It bothers me a little bit, yeah. That is literally what everyone is saying. Yeah. And I'm like, I, who, who cares? Does it matter? I don't, I don't <laughs> understand at all. Well, okay. Well, here's, here's why it bothers me, okay? But hang on, hang on. Okay. They've said, though, that the, I don't know if it matters, but they've, they've said that uh, in several interviews that they're making a really careful point of being like, but... Hey guys, it's cool. Like you're gonna see him in cutscenes. Yeah, we're not. <laughs> you see him in cutscenes, and also I I should also mention that there are parts of the game that you play in a third person format. Okay, um, I didn't realize. So that. there there are parts like where like I, they showed a scene in the in the trailer where you're like putting in some gears or like doing doing something to solve yep. a puzzle, and suddenly it shifts to third person because right. it's more convenient for that. Yeah, scene. So there, are, there will be scenes where you, where you see Indiana Jones. But from my perspective, the difference between a first-person game and a third-person game, uh, I mean, it's kind of in the name, but uh, in a third-person game, you're playing as someone else. You're, uh, you're controlling a character, right? Yeah. First-person is more immersive. You're playing as yourself, basically. Yeah. Um, it's kind of a step between third-person and VR, right? Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> and... Um, so for me, if I'm playing Indiana Jones, I want to be playing Indiana Jones. I don't want to be playing me. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. No, that makes sense. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people have been talking about that too. Yeah. 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 They don't frame it the same way, but I think I understand what both of you are getting at. Yeah. <laughs> and um, another point, which is maybe an exclusive, exclusively Mike issue. Sure. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm already not super keen on first person. Yeah. But... I'm doubly not keen on first person when it's you're doing like melee stuff. Okay. Yeah. Like I as that's as, always been highly controversial. Yeah. Yeah. As a shooter, like it 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 just works, you know. Yeah. Um even if it's not my favorite, it works. But like when you're going around with a whip and like punching people, and, yeah. you know, I just don't like it as a first person. I find it awkward. I find it looks awkward and it feels awkward. Counterpoint, uh Katana's in Cyberpunk. Um, I find they feel awkward too. Really? Yeah. I think they were fine. Yeah, yeah. I have no problem with it. Yeah. 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 It's just, it makes it, sense. I know this I is a you. me thing. Like, I, I, no, I you're not. I mean, yeah, like, and I'm sure I'm not alone. Maybe, but, like, but that's a, it's a fair comment yeah. because melee has always been troubled in first person. Yeah. yeah. Some people can nail it, but like, yeah. it's consistently has issues compared to gunplay, which is always just fine. Yeah. You know, like it can be better than, than something else, but it's, it's never like not serviceable. Right. You know, like no one ever can, no matter how bad you implement a crosshair with bullets, <laughs> it's going to be okay. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. No, you're, you're not wrong when that's uh, in your mind being there kind of thing. It makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So 
for me, I mean, again, it's it's Xbox exclusive, so maybe it just is completely irrelevant to yeah. me anyways. But let's say it were a PlayStation game, I'm less excited about it than I would have been if it was a third-person action game. Sure, sure. Um, I mean, I don't think there's much else to say about it. Yeah. Uh, while you were while you were talking, I was just looking up the trailer again to make sure that I'm remembering what I'm talking about. Yeah. And honestly, I I think the game looks incredible. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I also don't care for Indiana Jones that much. Yeah. Um, and I also don't have an Xbox, perhaps more importantly. Yeah. Uh, but I think it looks incredible. Yeah. Like I think the polish level is insanely high. Yeah. I think it looks like it's very faithfully doing like an Uncharted thing, like yeah. you're saying. Uh, and you know, chicken or the egg, Uncharted Indiana Jones. Yeah, whatever. Well, right? Uncharted is obviously uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but now it's like this is probably emulating Uncharted, even yeah. though it's technically an Indiana. In terms of you know being, what I mean? like, yeah, because Uncharted is is the success, successful franchise. Yeah. Regardless of who came first, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and there have been Indiana Jones games in the past, and if memory serves, they were not very good. Right. So that's not the blueprint. Yeah. <laughs> Except for that. Uh, point-and-click adventure game that was dope. <laughs> but we're, we're, getting, we're getting a ways back here. Yeah. Matt, Matt knows what I'm talking about. What was I saying? No, I, I just, I really think that the gameplay looks incredible. Yeah. Um, I think if it's any indication of what the final product will be like, which I assume it is, because I don't know, it just, I, I don't know. I don't get the feeling of false trailer, personally. Yeah. Um, I think, I don't know how you feel about the face of indie being in it. I kind of dig it. I think it's yeah. fine. Um, I think Troy Baker seems to be doing a perfectly fine uh, voice acting job for it. Right. Uh, obviously, it's unlikely that Harrison Ford would do it. No. He's also not the same age as the indie depicted in the. <laughs> no. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's yeah, like yeah. you don't necessarily want a grizzled old man voice with like a twenty year old. Like yeah. that'd be kind of weird. But I don't know. I mean, I honestly think everything about it looks fantastic, and I feel like after seeing this. I am, of course, you know, my bias is on my sleeve as well. I prefer yeah. first-person games, generally yeah. speaking, even though I have a massive appreciation for stuff like Aliens Fireteam, literally every From Software game ever made, Armored Core, you know, like I can get into them. It's just yeah. that I love first-person. Right. And like first-person always makes me, it really, um, I think it triggers my like wanting to explore a, a, a mysterious, amazing place stuff. You know, like I just, I always feel like it's more visceral when it's in first person. And it's like, it's like I'm really seeing the, I don't know, creepy alien corridors yeah. or fight, or I'm fighting the really, or, or in Resident Evil 7, right? It's like I'm getting terrified by these, like, man, like Resident Evil 7 for me, even though I love the, the third person Resident Evil games, like yeah. five is probably my favorite of the entire series. Um, you know, knock on wood for the inevitable remake soon. Um, but seven is like, it's, it's, it's terrifying in, in a visceral and tangible way that like the other games aren't. Yeah. Whether you like that or not, it's like it accomplishes things that I believe, you know, really are impressive. Yeah. So all that to say, I love first person and like that is one of my preferred ways to engage with things. And I don't know. I just think it looks, it looks so Indiana Jones. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or it looks so uncharted. It doesn't matter how you want to frame that. Yeah. Either way, it comes out to, man, that's a, I don't know. I mean, to <laughs> me, it's just like, man, that's a dope uh, gameplay trailer. Yeah. I'm so in. I don't know. Um, I think it's, it's probably going to be a hit. I'm rooting for it, man. I'm sure a you lot know? of people will love it, but I think it's not for me. The only thing that probably remains to note before we move on yeah. is that I should probably temper that with machine games is a, um, notoriously bad developer. <laughs> All right. But at the same time, unless this trailer is completely fabricated, yeah. I don't know. Are they just getting better? I, I mean... Yeah? Yeah. It's tough Could to say. Be. I mean, they're very hit and miss. Like, yeah. you, you know, if you... I would recommend anybody looking at this trailer and getting insanely excited like I did. Yeah. Go check out the track record of machine games because it's a little all over the place. Yeah. That doesn't mean they make bad products, but it's all over the place. Right. And like Youngblood was a... If I could put a mild one in there, a shit show of pretty epic proportions. Okay. Right? Um, it's very, it was very troubled, a lot of bugs, you right. know, 
some people like myself still kind of enjoyed it, but it's like that's definitely despite its flaws, not <laughs> yeah, really, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. So yeah. I don't know what to think, but uh, listen, yeah. I, I, at, as of now, I wish I had an Xbox to play this. Right. Moving on to number five, Capcom quickly rolls back Resident Evil Revelations DRM update after Steam review bombing. This is January 12th. I got this news off IGN, and IGN got this uh, originally reported by Eurogamer. So I'll read a little snippet here. Capcom has quickly rolled back a Resident Evil Revelations update, which added digital rights management, otherwise known as DRM, after it was review bombed on Steam. As reported by Eurogamer, the addition of DRM, which essentially looks to stop piracy, but allegedly causes performance issues and mod malfunctions, and is worth noting that might be forgotten by some people who don't think about it, that it mostly just means it's typically always online. Yeah. So it means that a game can now no longer be played offline. I don't know why they don't note that. To me, that's the most important thing about DRM, but moving on. Yeah. Arrived on Gen- this uh, update arrived on January 10th and was slammed by Steam users who brought Revelations' rating down to quote-unquote mostly negative. It didn't take long for Capcom to hear the outcry and revert Revelations to its former state, although it did say DRM would return once the associated issues were resolved. Uh, here's something from Capcom itself. Due to an issue observed with the latest update released, we have reverted the corresponding update, update Capcom said in a Steam update. We re- apologize for the inconvenience caused, and once the issue is resolved, we will re- re-release the update. This word update was used a lot of times in the same sentence. <laughs> Thank you very much for your patience and cooperation. Fans complained the DRM update had stopped mods from working for the 2012 single-player game. Added DRM to an 11-year-old game, Nyai Nyai said on Steam, uh, FU with uh, asterisks, uh, Capcom. This is the second downgrade in recent years. Gigadesu said simply, Capcom killed modding. Uh, Revelations was originally a Nintendo 3DS game that soon saw itself ported to just about every other platform. It starred Resident Evil, Resident Evil mainstay as Chris Redfield and Jill Valentine, who investigate a deadly threat aboard a stranded cruise liner. Right. Now, I don't really have much to say about this per se, and I don't even think it's that important. Except for the fact that I've had nothing but good things to say about Capcom. And this show has had... Because that really includes Teague. I think he's just about... Feels the exact same way as I do. Right. This show has had nothing but good things to say about Capcom. And we have been doing that for like two years now. Right. So to me, it's just like... I think it's significant that... Okay, Capcom is not... You know... What's the word? Incapable of doing wrong. Yeah. You know, uh, in my opinion, this is wrong. Perhaps that's, that's subjective. Yeah. But as a consumer, you know, DRM has been widely accepted by most consumers to be... Generally speaking completely uh, without merit from the consumer perspective, always bad, adds requirements that nobody wants, yeah. typically affects performance, yeah. and really just only benefits the corporations that produce these games. Yeah. Um, and most co- companies have learned over the years to <laughs> try to avoid ire from fans by not putting too much DRM. Like, it's been rolled back in a lot of cases. For example, Diablo 3 is a famous case. Yeah. The DRM with Diablo 3 was rolled back, I want to say, it was on the when the console one came out. It eventually, they took it away from the PC one, if I'm not mistaken, because yeah. of essentially fan outcry. Yeah. This has happened in a lot of other properties. Uh, Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League is struggling with this. Yeah. Part of their whole thing is that, like, they have DRM with their thing that's, like, causing fans to not be able to play the game at all. Right. Right? When it's, like, they could just literally flip a switch and allow offline mode yeah i know we're not developers i have some experience in programming it's pretty much that simple yeah like i i <laughs> you know i will uh i'll, I'll what's the word I'll, I'll eat my words if i'm ever proven wrong but i'm pretty sure it's kind of that simple yeah they just don't want to yeah what do you think about this mike well i mean i i think it's embarrassing on capcom i think honestly it kind of takes me off a bit i mean i'm i'm not a, a huge capcom guy like you you and tigar I've played a few of the Resident Evil games, and I generally enjoy them. But five comes to mind. Um, yeah, and Didn't four, we play four and five. Yeah, we played five. <laughs> yeah, um, I think it's embarrassing to roll out a DRM on a twelve-year-old game. Yeah, 
Like, what are you doing? Yeah, honestly, yeah, it's like it's and, quizzical. The whole thing yeah. is just like, are you thinking we're not going to notice? And yeah. you're testing the waters. Is this the you know? Is this the tiny town that you're like uh, hoping maybe no one will notice if you just like insert something? Uh, you know, I <laughs> yeah. don't know. And it, it's like put a biohazard into their water. <laughs> yeah. If you think about like what they're doing here, it's mm-hmm. like the only people playing this game right now are the super fans. That's a really good point, right? Yeah. And so. The people you're messing up with this are your 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 core like super fan audience. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like you want to like I'm I'm with you on hating DRM. Sure. I'm I'm, I'm yeah. not into it, but you want to put DRM in your game. Do it in a new game that you're planning to release next year. Or yeah. Whatever, yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't screw over the fans who've loyally been playing this game, dude. For a dozen years. Yeah, why would you even touch this game? It doesn't yeah. make any sense. It's no. like, I mean, oh God, yeah. It, it annoys me on so many levels. And it's also like, we should continue as consumers to give the message of like, well, like I said, I don't want to stray too far from like the, in, you know, from my perspective, what the point is here. And for me, the point is, I've considered Capcom a company on the level of from software, right? Personally, you know, because I really have have not found fault in a single thing they've done since I want to say Resident Evil 6. And that's getting to be a long time ago. And that's not at all like, right. I'm not saying that's a, a, a complete train wreck. Yeah. It's just not as good as most of their other yeah. games. You know what that, I mean? that was a game where they tried interesting things and it didn't quite work. Teague so, is a huge proponent of that game. Yeah. And he consistently reminds people that like, hey, um, yeah, even though it may not have been the best one overall, it's like it's it was trying really interesting things with with the multiplayer yeah. uh, integration that, you know, they never experimented with before. And like, yeah, they release a terrible like online game every now and then, you know, those like weird Resident Evil online spinoffs. Yeah, they never work, you know, but we're used to that, you know, but with a couple of these things aside, they're like, in my opinion, one of the almost most untouchable companies that like yeah. they just they consistently do amazing stuff. They never ask too much. Uh, like FromSoft, they have, I think, if I'm not mistaken, they're also one of the ones that did not do the $10 price hike that everybody else did. Right. Like, I'm sure they're going to do it soon, but it's like they resisted that for a long time. Yeah. They're just consistently amazing with their products. And it really makes me wonder, like, why, you know, it's just so weird that, yeah. like, A, you know, out of left field, this old game, you know, B, a company that I like to think prides itself on its image, and yeah. its image has been quite, you know, spotless yeah you know um i don't know yeah it's um i I hope that it's not an indication that like capcom is sort of like um what's the word you know um they're starting to have problems with their with their structure yeah you know like and like the wrong person is getting to the right places where it's like mm, you know they're sort of like consumer first uh, sort of outlook is like being weakened i don't know yeah um it's yeah it's 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 kind of as teague likes to say it's maybe a nothing burger at the moment because really who gives a uh, an ass about uh, resident evil revelations but what if that's the tip of the iceberg? Yeah. I don't know. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it, it could be a, a sign of things to come. And yeah. that's, that's a bad sign. It's a bad sign. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, here's hoping that Resident Evil 5 Remake doesn't have a DRM. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> that would ruin it for me. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I very sincerely hope to be a day one purchaser of Resident Evil 5 Remake. <laughs> Let me put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, moving on. Uh, yep. So I think we took a little break there. Uh, we're back, and I think that perhaps we both underestimated how much we had to say about subscription services. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'd love to talk about Microsoft criticized for Xbox auto upload stance following Baldur's Gate 3 nudity bans. But as much as I'd like to, it's a big one. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like I'll probably circle back to that with Teague maybe next time. Because I, I do really feel like there's an important discussion to be had there about um, 
consumers understanding what it means to have digital only environments. Yeah. You know, which we also kind of touch on with our, our subscription discussion, right? Yeah. Um, but it's a matzo ball. So for now, we'll just put that to the side and we will talk about what I hope is everyone's favorite uh, topic, everyone's favorite segment, which is what we've been playing. <laughs> <laughs> I can at least only say that I guess it's my favorite segment. Yeah. Probably Teague's favorite segment as well, although I'd have to ask him. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, so I mean, uh, it's what we've been playing, Mike. Do you want to go first or should I? Do you want to kick us off? I've got, yeah, I've got you written down for, correct me if I'm wrong, Cyberpunk 2077 and Demon Souls Remake. Correct. Did I miss anything? No? No, that's it. That's it. I got myself written down for Diablo 4, Eververse 2 is Wishful Thinking. That got removed. Uh, <laughs> I got myself down for Diablo 4 and the last minute edition of also Demon Souls Remake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I even obsessively grinded, I think, 15 minutes when you left to like go get your kids uh, yeah. an hour ago or something. <laughs> um, yeah, sure. I mean, I'll, I'll lead. Uh, I guess... Teague and I have plans to do a Diablo 4 deep dive discussion at some point in time in the near future. Right. Um, all I need is a little bit more experience with hopefully closer to the end game. Um, I've been really taking my time with it, so I won't get sort of too in the weeds at the moment. Yeah. But what I will say is, I mean, Diablo 4, as everybody knows who's been listening over the past two, I believe we talked about it the past two fireside chats, Teague got super hardcore into around November, I want to say. Yeah. Or early December. Uh, after much uh, peer pressure from him, I then also got pretty heavily involved with the game. <laughs> I've been loving it. Uh, I mean, Diablo 4 remains, I even downloaded it uh, at your place in Calgary <laughs> yeah. to grind uh, before bed, uh, right? <laughs> Which is, I love those games because it's one of those, it's like I criticize companies for having DRM, but at the same time, the fact that Diablo 4 is always online and tied to my battle.net means I can also bring my character anywhere. So it's like, yeah. you know, you win some, you lose some. Yeah. I think my my anti-DRM comes from mostly cases where it's like games that just do not need to be on, online Absolutely, yeah. for any reason, right? Yeah. It's like, I, I understand when, again, when it's games that are live service, you know, Destiny, Marvel's Avengers, whatever. Yeah. Uh, even Marvel's Avengers, though, had offline mode, but... Besides the point. Besides yeah. the point. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, Diablo 4 is still consistently my go-to just like relaxing before bed game. Right. I think it's awesome. I mean, we'll get into this more in the deep dive, but I've been playing on like, I'm a little bit, I think what I called it before was, what is it? High, high risk, low investment. I'm playing on hardcore so I can permanently die, but I'm on the lowest difficulty. Right. So it's also very easy. Okay. You know, but that said, it's like I still consistently get in scenarios where it's like, I am shocked that I haven't died. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I've gotten in several, like, boss fights where it's like, oh no, I just hit a cold field by accident, now I'm frozen, my health is going down to here, I'm at 10% health, I'm for sure dead before I can hit L1 to consume a potion. Yeah. I've somehow managed to get out of it every time, I'm amazed that I'm still alive because, you know, dangerous situations still happen, and I'm really just, I'm having a really fun time, sort of really slowly taking my way through the campaign mode. Right. Um, I'm just like doing all the. I actually, I, I really do feel like this is some of the best campaign, like story aspect stuff that we've seen in a Diablo game. Okay. Um, while I like Diablo 2 Remake overall better, um, I, I definitely I find a lot to enjoy in this campaign. Yeah. The abilities are cool. I really dig the open world. I don't know. I mean, it's an awesome, um, just sort of like you know, uh, what's the word? It's like it's like. Um, it's like a comfortable book that's like, you know, it's a, it's kind of like Pulp Fiction, right? Yeah. You know, you're reading something that's like not too intense intellectually, but yeah. at the same time, it's like very enjoyable. You know, it's it's, always, it's some, some nice friends to come back to or whatever. It's exactly how I feel about Diablo 4. Right. Uh, and I'm still playing it. I still love it. I will continue to do so. Yeah, yeah really, the, the only thing I want to I get uh, sort of on my belt, 
in my belt. What's the expression? Under my Yeah, the only thing I want to get under my belt before we do the deep dive is I'd like to do a little bit more online with Deeg. Right. Because he's talked to me a lot about a lot of the, the, the bugs that come with online, and I yeah. just kind of largely haven't seen them yet. Right. So, you know, I want to get that out of, out of the way. But, hey, I mean, I'm really enjoying the game. I'm going to keep playing it. Uh, the only thing that threatens that is the second thing I've been playing, which is Demon's Souls Remake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess this is kind of me and you together. Yeah. But, you know, when I... I'll kick it over to you soon, but when I got here, I think, I don't know, it was like the was the third third day I was here or something, yeah. that you started telling me about your Demon Souls progress. Yeah. And then we did a nice little... Uh, I sit down and watch you play Demon Souls with like you know tips, advice, whatever. Mm-hmm. Maybe I took the controller at one point in time. We sort yeah, of passed yeah. it around a bit. Uh, and honestly, man, it's like it's never hard to do with from software games. But that reminded me so hard how much I love that game. Yeah. That like, and I again, I I know I always say it, but I really sincerely believe it's the greatest launch game since Super Mario World. Mm. Um, I stand by that. I, it is spectacular and. I don't know what else to say other than in two hours of playing with you, and when we reversed and I was playing and then you were helping me out a little bit, yeah. <laughs> I've gotten to level 31 with a new Temple Knight in Demon's Souls. <laughs> I got the Blessed Hammer from 5-1. Yeah. It's amazing. I can't wait to play more. Yeah. That's what I've got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I it's funny because I started playing Demon's Souls a while ago. I want to say a little like around six weeks ago. And the only reason I started playing it now was that I was playing Cyberpunk, um, which I still am, and I realized I can't play Cyberpunk in front of the kids. Right. There's too much sex in it. There's <laughs> yeah. too much... Uh, in your face. Uh, even just the advertisements in that game. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, a lot of the... Like, you'll you'll walk in on, like a body that's been eviscerated or something yeah. in a you know in a ripper dock lab or something sure um or like any cyber psycho mission yeah yeah and, and <laughs> it's more like violent uh you could say it's it's more like kind of real because it's it's humans it's all you know yeah um whereas i've been playing you know games like elden ring in front of the kids and it's just you know it's monsters and yeah it's violent and there's scary parts certainly totally um but it's the sort of thing where I, I find it's okay to have on while the kids are in the room, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so that's, I needed something to play when, when the kids were awake. For sure, for sure. I feel like also first person, you know, yeah. it's always different. Yeah. Right? Like first person shooting a realistic looking human with a gun until they die being riddled with bullets. It's, yeah. it's a little intense, yeah. you know? Like, I mean, sure, you know, it's fine for us, but like, yeah. you know, I think, I, I, I don't, I mean, I think it's reasonable to say we're two of the most pacifistic people you can meet. Yeah. We're both pretty, you know, yeah. like non-violence, you know? <laughs> but yeah, it's just, it's different, yeah. Yeah, and so, so I got into Demon Souls knowing, you know, I, I played it back when it was on PS3, and um, I knew it was going to be hard and I know what to expect from a FromSoft game because I've played a bunch of them by now. Totally. Um, but I was still shocked at how hard it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, the game's a blast. That's that's for sure. It's it's, it's a great game. No doubt. Um, it's it's just so hard. <laughs> like the, it's so it's soul crushing. Yeah. There was. I started a character. There was a priest character. I got to like the second level, second area. And it was so hard, and I was complaining to my friend about it, who is also a big Demon Souls fan. And uh, he said, 
the best thing to do is just restart with a mage <laughs> and it's way easier with a mage yeah. <laughs> until you get until you get good at the game yeah and it's just funny like you you assume that because you know you've just stormed through Elden Ring and yeah you know I like I played Bloodborne and I, I yeah. played Demon Souls back in the day and all the, you're used to the that format of game mm-hmm. but Demon Souls is just hard yeah yeah know? it's really I, I know I know how you feel it's really it's really difficult to wrap your head around that yeah. Because you wonder what, what really is the difference. Yeah. And I'm not sure that I know what it is either. Yeah. You know, like, yes, something, you're, you're right, though. Something about it, you know, maybe you could chalk it up to, like, you know, the the different way, the, the character animations are slightly different. Yeah. They're much weightier. Yeah. You know, the characters move with more intention. Yeah. They're less responsive. They're less quick and snappy. Although, you know, of course, Bloodborne really took that to, to the nth degree, but, you yeah. know. Yeah, no, I, I don't know. I don't know exactly what it is either, but because yeah, you would assume that, especially I mean, Dark Souls. Like we played Dark Souls a ton, right? Yeah. Or at least I, I know I played it like I don't know ten times, twelve times, yeah, <laughs> maybe even twenty, <laughs> something pretty <laughs> absurd like that. Um, but like we've all played Dark Souls, right? And it's yeah. like, is it is Dark Souls really that much snappier than Demon Souls? I can't remember. I you know, know. <laughs> it's like I, yeah. I can't bring my mind back to those times. But I know exactly what you mean. And like, yeah, when I played. I think when I got my PS5, I mean, I was really stoked to be able to try a Demon's Souls remake. Yeah. I think I played Deathloop first for like three hours and was like, nah, I'm not in the mood for this. Yeah. That pretty rapidly got on Demon's Souls <laughs> and I just like, I was completely over the moon with it. I was like, yeah. how did I even wait to play this first? Like, right, right. why was I so crazy? <laughs> like, this is the best thing ever. You know, so. Yeah. But no, I had the exact same experience. Yeah, I was like, man, this is really like, uh, it doesn't pull its punches. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of, both refreshing and I guess at the same time we probably shouldn't be surprised because it's sort of you know it's the thing that started this whole thing yeah and I don't know if you remember but I distinctly remember at the time reading all these journalist articles about like it's almost like journalists when Demon Souls came out didn't know how to describe this phenomenon in a game right like they didn't even know how to talk about it yeah because it was so completely new and unheard of that it's like they lacked the vocabulary to like yeah Proper, like accurately express you know, how impressed they were with it kind of thing. Yeah. Souls-like didn't exist yet. No, no. And I remember almost every single journalist article I read describing the game because I went nuts in like, I, I must have read like, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 reviews, you know. Yeah. I just read everything I could. Yeah. Uh, including bought some magazines I remember at the time and like reading articles okay. in magazines, which I really miss. Yeah. Besides the point. Um, and I, I distinctly remember almost every review having some paragraph about like, now this game is going to make you want to throw your controller against the wall. <laughs> yeah. And th- these are the right feelings to be feeling. And we don't know how to tell you to deal with that other than you just have to trust that if you progress and if you, if you, if you, you know, keep at it long enough, you'll eventually pass that hurdle and it's going to be the best experience you've ever had. Right. But it's, there's always going to be that moment where you're like, well, I don't want to play this garbage. What yeah. is it? Like this game is like cheating. This game is, you know, unfair. This yeah. game, you know what I mean? And I'm, well, I, I know a hundred percent what you mean because when I first played it on PS3, I did give up. I quit the game for, like, I don't know, months. Like, uh, I, I borrowed it from you, who had borrowed right. it from Joel, I think. And I played it for a bit. I couldn't get through the first level. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, screw this, I'm, I'm yeah. done. And, but I kept thinking about it over the months. And I was like, it was cool enough that I want to try it again. Mm-hmm. And then I persevered on my my second, my second attempt. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> and I wonder today, it's like how much of you know, 
why do we not have that same feeling playing Bloodborne, Elden Ring, yeah. uh, even Sekiro, right? Like, yeah. why do we not... Sekiro was really rough, dude. Yeah. Did you try that? Well, Sekiro, <laughs> I got halfway through. I That one, did. I, I did... Didn't know. I did just... I, I quit that one because it was crazy hard, but... Yeah, it got to a point where I wasn't enjoying myself anymore. Right, um, yeah. But I did get like halfway, two-thirds of the way through that game. Yeah. Sekiro made me think of what they initially said in those reviews way back in the day for Demon's Souls. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I wanted to throw my controller against the wall. Yeah. And I was like, how can this be this hard? Yeah. How is anybody <laughs> thinking this is fun? Yeah. Like, you know, I just... Yeah, man, that was... Anyways, uh, that's a tangent, but I guess what I was saying is, yeah, I don't understand... I wonder today, what is it? Is it that we're... We know we it's that from soft games are a known quantity now, so we know what to expect and we relish it, yeah. and we look forward to it, and we're excited by it. Or are they really that much easier than Demon Souls? Right. And I can't, I just it's impossible for me to tell because I'm too in it. Yeah. You know I have no. But all that said, uh, yeah, Demon Souls is amazing. Um, yeah. I totally agree with you. It is very difficult. It's super hardcore. And you know, like we were saying earlier, uh, we were talking in the house. You know, it's um there's something about. I mean, I'm all, I've, I've always been in favor of games like this, but there's something about the structured way that it divides itself into these little bite-sized chunks. Yeah. You know, that's just so palatable. I don't know. Yeah. Like, it's, um, yeah. Like, yeah, the yeah. game is such a manageable size, you know. It's, like, yeah. really kind of refreshing from, like, I guess, even later from soft games because they're usually really big, you know. Like, right. Even the non, I mean, Dark Souls started it kind of thing, right? It's, like, they're, they're pretty, you know, Bloodborne too. It's, like, they're, they're really big. Yeah. You know? Like, Sekiro is like feels giant, you know. Yeah. They're linear, but it's like giant. <laughs> but uh, yeah. anyways, yeah. Demon Souls. Yeah, Demon Souls. <laughs> so uh the other game I'm playing is uh Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. For sure. I do not yet have Phantom Liberty. I know that's uh all the rage right now, that, over five million copies sold. That was the burning question on my <laughs> mind to ask you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, no, I, I waited so long to play Cyberpunk. I'm I'm a massive fan of the cyberpunk genre. Hmm. Um, that's one of my favorite genres of, of fiction. Hmm. Um, so I was always hyped to play this game, but I don't usually buy games right away. And then the release was such a mess that I was like, okay, I can wait for this and they're going to fix it. Hmm. And indeed, eventually they, they fixed it. And so I... I, I never experienced the the whole the whole mess that happened with yeah. all the glitches and yeah. you know all that stuff. So uh, yeah, I started it. I want to say like you know almost two months ago, um, probably not even two months ago. Um, and I mean, it just hooked me right away. I uh, I love it. There <laughs> there are sort so of so you like, really feel unequivocally good about it. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I, it's not very often I get a chance to actually talk to people who've played the game. Yeah. yeah. It's it's just like, I mean, obviously it is a flawed game. There's there's issues. I've complained to you about various things. Like, it took me forever to figure out um, how to get the quick hack system working. <laughs> and there's like, the inventory is like... I'll be honest, I do somewhat blame you on that one. <laughs> no, yeah, totally, yeah. <laughs> but the general sentiments of yeah. like, yeah, like needlessly complex in so many areas. Yeah. Like, no, I don't Even totally I find like the skill tree uh, very complicated. Yeah, and like I said, if you can believe it, I think it's a little bit less than it used to be. <laughs> like yeah. the, the the thing that it's like it's too it's almost too bad you didn't see what they changed it from. Yeah, but yeah, no, it's really. And uh, I think the the thing that I find the funniest about the game, um, 
I know I'm just kind of like listing the the flaws and after saying I loved it, but the um, I think that's what good critics do. I don't know. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> the um, there's this kind of hilarious disconnect between the urgency of what you're doing and how you're actually <laughs> playing. That's funny because yeah. like you know you keep getting these uh, these phone calls and like you know these to to set up missions and stuff like. I need you to come out here. V, I need you to come help me, you know, right away, right away. Like, um, and you're like, okay, yeah, I'll come help. And then, you know, you spend like four days running like dumb side <laughs> missions before you even think about going out there. And like, I think you're... you can fit you in after the 30 second side gig on t- next Tuesday. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then it's like, and you know, the, the biggest example of that is of course the, you know, the main story, um, you know, I, I won't spoil the uh, what exactly what's happening in the main story for those who haven't played it, but I think um, it's considered safe to spoil uh, the Canaries parts. Yeah. Okay. Beca- yeah. Just because he was a part of the marketing. Right. Okay. So I think everyone knows about that. Okay. Well, it's yeah. It's just to to say like you know your your mind is slowly degenerating, right? You're um, according to the people who have you know done checkups on you. You've got, you know, days before you're, you basically lose your mind and... Victor Vector. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and you're basically, you know, you, you're dead for all intents and purposes. Yeah. Um, you're stacked dead, if I could use a... Yeah. <laughs> Altered Carbon reference. <laughs> Altered Carbon, yeah. <laughs> and um, it's like... So, so why you would do anything that isn't <laughs> focusing entirely on... Find, like, because the main story, you're trying to solve that problem, yeah. right? Which is a relatively pressing problem. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like, you will be dead yeah. in days yeah. if you don't solve this. Yeah. And then you're just, and then you got people calling, hey, can you uh, run like a, you know, a sabotage mission with the uh, Maelstrom gang? And uh, you're like, yeah, sure, let's do that. Like, why would you say yes? <laughs> yeah, it makes no sense. You know, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> you know, that's funny that you say that because that uh, in particular objection... I'm most familiar with through the eyes of Zelda. Okay. I don't know why, but I consistently hear a lot of people lodge that complaint towards Zelda yeah. of like, you've got to like save all of Hyrule, but it's like, <laughs> but first I have a side quest involving gathering chickens that I really need to attend to. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, in terms of just nonsensical side missions yeah. uh, like, that are not at all of worldly <laughs> import, but anyways. Yeah. Um, I know what you mean. That's funny though. I never thought of that once when I'm playing it. I don't yeah. know why. Yeah. <laughs> it makes perfect sense. Yeah. And, um, I mean, <laughs> the other the other issue I have with it, um, <laughs> which is kind of uh, a, a funny thing, is just like your your phone just keeps going off, mm-hmm. right? And I, I was of, hearing that constantly when you were playing downstairs. <laughs> yeah, the other day when you were playing, I was like, "Oh man, I'm getting getting PTSD from that." Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's like. Um, you know, like often, because you won't get a phone call usually during a mission, right? I never noticed that. That's um, a good point. Yeah. Like when you're you're infiltrating yeah. a factory or whatever, you're not. No one's calling you at that time, right? Mm-hmm. So often, in fact, when you get out of the factory, you'll get like three calls in a row. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Is it still like that? Uh, Man, yeah, I thought they'd fixed that because they talked about trying to fix that. Yeah, it still <laughs> it still happens. Not not every yeah, time, but gosh. it happens. And then it it <laughs> it stresses me out in the way like it. Like it gives me flashbacks to sitting at my desk doing work and my phone notifications are like, oh, like wow. someone's messaging me. 
Someone's messaging me like I'm trying to get work done and I'm getting like my phone. Oh man, <laughs> my phone keeps going. that's really funny, man. Yeah, that's really funny. <laughs> it's like bringing that real world stress to. I the... think we have really different lives. Yeah, yeah. Like I have, I like I cope with my my phone stuff like in such a different way. Right. I constantly have do not disturb on. Yeah. I never check messages. Like right. I only do it when I want to. Yeah. And well, like, that... I feel I, I I do still feel that stress sometimes, yeah. but. It's, I think it's a lot more manageable for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's probably a healthier way to deal with it, but, <laughs> you know. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no. Oh, like, those are all my complaints about the game after saying I love it, but I absolutely sure. love it. I'm having so much fun with it. Oh, that's great, man. It's, uh, I'm really happy to hear it, honestly. I'm yeah. trying to tear through all the side missions. Uh, yeah. I'm just about... I'm just about finished the main story, and so I'm just like you did the Big Daddy Voodoo Gang. Yeah, uh, what are they called? The Voodoo Boys. The Voodoo no. Boys. Voodoo yeah, Boys. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, with like Mama Mama Brigitte or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. Man, that was those no, guys no, are yeah. are so awesome. Yeah. Like I really Voodoo Boys figure heavily. Well, I mean, so I know a lot about cyberpunk. Ironically, after getting the game, the the the, bit, the best thing I can say about the cyberpunk video game is that it got me into the cyberpunk role playing game. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then that got me reading about all these people. So it's like yeah. I'm familiar with all these folks from that. And like I got to be honest, Voodoo Boys, after having read all about them and seeing the way they implemented them in the game, it was just like the coolest thing in the world. Right. Like they were so satisfyingly well done. Right. And like they had such a good feel to them. It was brief, like the interactions you have with them, but like yeah. I loved every second. And like same with like Johnny Silverhand. That's another weird thing too, or maybe it's not that weird because you know CD Projekt actually did work uh, hand in hand with um, I'm gonna blank on his name uh, Mike Pondsmith, creator of uh, Cyberpunk role playing game. Okay, um, they actually worked together to design. Yeah, he was consulting the entire way through 2077. Yeah, and they are still currently working together to build the future of the game in the sense of me and the cyberpunk boys have a lot of concerns about this but we'll leave that to the side for the moment right. but they're, they're working together to um, make sure that everything going forward because the video game is canon right. for the role playing game Okay, and anything that Artal releases now is also going to be canon with what happens in the video game Right. so I don't even know what's going to happen going forward because you know CD Projekt is working on we can really, really, really quickly reference this other article I want to talk about that I won't get into, but that certainly me and Teague will go on a rant someday. CD Projekt, quote-unquote, considering adding multiplayer to Cyberpunk yeah, 2. Yeah, yeah. They're still thinking about it, <laughs> which is hilarious, but yeah. there's, they are working on a new game, codenamed Orion, that will come out, you know, who knows. Um, I think it doesn't even have, like, a release yeah. year. But, um, yeah, I mean, when they do that, you know, how, how I assume they're going to be working together with Artel for that, too, because... Mm-hmm. You know, whatever Artel does, everything has to sort of like line up now. They've sort of gotten themselves into a probably somewhat uncomfortable Disney Universe situation right. yeah. where it's like suddenly everything has to be canon. You know what, <laughs> what I mean? But, anyways, uh, all that yeah. to say, why was I saying this? It was a massive tangent. Oh, yeah. Um, the version of Johnny from the game, mm-hmm. after reading so much about him, because he, he really is like, um, he's at the absolute core of the entire role-playing game. Right. Right? Like, okay. it's not just for the video game. It's like, yeah. he's 100%, like, he's there, like, when the bombs go off at Arasaka during the Fourth Corporate War, which is, like, 30 years before what happens in the video yeah. game. It's like, he's, they're all there, him and Rogue, <laughs> and, like, um, yeah. I can't remember the other names, but and Adam Smasher is, like, he's in that stuff, too. Yeah. But it's, like, they're all so, they're such incredible... Um, manifestations made visual of these things you've only read about yeah you know and John, I gotta be honest like Keanu Reeves like I love uh, what he did yeah. with the, uh, the, the role you know yeah, yeah. I mean I'm a, yeah. I'm a massive Keanu Reeves fan anyways so mm. yeah it was it's awesome I didn't say I'm not I think uh, like right. I like him but yeah. I'm not a massive fan I loved I, I love the performance yeah yeah 
And um, one thing I can say uh, as well, there's certain games that I play that get me completely into um, that genre for a while. Mm. So, for example, like, you know, a, a few months ago when I was playing through Ghost of Tsushima, I was suddenly like looking up samurai movies to watch and... I, I read a couple samurai books mm-hmm. and I, I, I made a list of samurai books to read and stuff like that. And uh, it got me like totally into it. And now cyberpunk is doing the same thing. Like, I mean, I was already into the cyberpunk genre, but mm-hmm. like by while playing this, I've been like pulling out cyberpunk books to read as well. I, I read through, uh, I've read through two of them already. <laughs> and uh, like, I've got, I've got more stuff lined up. It's just like, it's it's the sort of thing that just like totally takes me over for a bit, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's my, awesome. my my copy of uh, 1986 is it 19, yeah 1986 Hardwired by Walter John Williams arrived while I was in oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit also <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 cool. I mean that has to be one of the highest compliments anyone can give a video game. Right? Yeah, like uh, I feel completely the same the same with you. Like me checking out Star Wars role playing game recently. Yeah, got me like really uh, like I've been I rewatched Mandalorian. Right. You know, like I watched Rogue One again. I checked out Andor. Like yeah. it really sort of yeah. It's the best compliment you can give. You know, when when some product or some intellectual property just makes you so keen on it that you're like, I want to look up other stuff too. You yeah, know? like totally. Um, yeah, I mean, I you know, and after seeing the performance of you know, neither of us have any experience with Phantom Liberty. After seeing the performance of Keanu Reeves, like, I'm excited to see your Yeah. Uh, everything totally. I yeah. heard about it so far is positive. Yeah. You know, I don't know if I'll like it, but uh, it sounds great. <laughs> and <you know>? it's, <laughs> it's just incredible, like, they got two of the pretty much coolest actors, mm-hmm. like, out there, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, Keanu Reeves yeah. and Idris Elba, you can't get much cooler, you know? Yeah, no, honestly, <laughs> I mean, yeah, my relationship with the video game is so complicated. Yeah. But... I can't deny that, like, while I was originally, you know, very harsh on, on, on the game, and I guess mostly harsh on CD Projekt, perhaps, like, yeah. more than the game itself, which I still am, you know? Yeah. Like, it, it um, if I could let a brief swear word go, it annoys the shit out of me yeah. that uh, they're still considering, air quotes, adding multiplayer, yeah. when I still paid for the original game at full price, <laughs> and so did Teague, with the promise of the fact that there was going to be multiplayer yeah. that was as explicit as you could possibly get. Yeah, <laughs> It was like... Pretty much a giant stamp saying we will add multiplayer for free exactly <laughs> one year after life. Yeah. <laughs> like it's about as, as, as clear cut as you can get. But so, you know, all that aside, complicated relationship. But when I saw the the trailers for Phantom Liberty, no matter how much I wanted to sort of poo poo on it a little bit, because I'm like ah, a little tired of CG Project. Ah, do we need another expansion? You know, the game's sort of whatever. Yeah. Like I thought it looked amazing. Yeah. You know, like, I thought that trailer was incredible. Like, the footage was incredible. Yeah. And, like, the idea for the characters is incredible. You yeah. know, like, rescuing the president of the new USA, Nusa, is, like, brilliant. Like, yeah. sounds like an awesome story. Yeah. You know, like, super film noir, kind of, like, uh, I don't know, like, backdoor detective stuff or, like, you know, right. spy, spy intrigue. Like, yeah. uh, something they didn't touch at all in the first game. Like, it all looks good, you know. Yeah. So, I don't I don't know. But, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm all in with Cyberpunk, so. Me too. Me too. Yeah. yeah. I think the only thing that remains for me is, again, like we discussed earlier, I kind of wish that companies would more often uh, roll off, especially giant DLCs like this, as just standalone applications. Yeah. Because, like, yeah, unfortunately, having to... I mean, I already... You know, we talked about this before. I've already... Yeah replayed uh, all, ev- literally every single mission possible 
up until the heist. Yeah. Including, did I do the heist? No, I stopped right before the heist because it's my favorite thing in the entire game. <laughs> but, so I did that already. But yeah, doing all the stuff to get to the DLC remains like an obstacle. Yeah. Because I'm just not sure if I want to replay the, the whole, it was so long the first time. Like, Because yeah. I, I really kind of like you, I think. I really went like all in, you know, all I in, did yeah. everything. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so I mean, that's a shame. But uh, yeah, I can't deny, like I'm pretty excited to see the DLC. So, yeah. you know, we'll see. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Well, Mike, that was a long winding road. Yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> I had a good time. I hope I, you had a good time. I had a blast. Yeah. Uh, and uh, thanks you know, for I, having me on. You're welcome. My pleasure. Uh, I realized before that I didn't say it's my pleasure to have you on the podcast. So there you go. I said it. <laughs> all right. And uh, yeah, I mean, I guess I hope you all enjoyed that. And we will be back, uh, you know, two weeks hence with another regularly scheduled news program. Uh, and maybe we'll maybe we'll guest get we'll get guest co-host friend of the show Mike Levins here again sometime. Who knows? Yeah, I'd but, love to. Uh, yeah, great. Well, bye for now. Bye bye. Stay frosty.